Hey, DC fans, uh, it's Gary from Baden's Comics. Um, <laughs> I just want to let you know that uh, Burton's Comics is open and ready to serve you in Hamilton, Ontario, uh, down 725 Barton Street East. Um, coming for some deals on the weekend. Thanks. Hey, how are you? What's the good? It was popping. Maybe I was here last week. Maybe I'm not here this week. Maybe I'm all over the place. What say you, 1950s announcer mice? Well, I'll tell you what we have here. We have ourselves a pretty good show. Let us tell you about the Justice Society of America and this brand new feature that just happened to be released. A very arguable one. A very action-packed one. A very old people-filled one. Whatever the case is, sending it over to you. Thanks, 50s mice. No problem, current day mice. Man, we have too many mises. But I am the only mise that matters at this point in time because I am the Fluffleupagus to fight for a ball himself. I am the mise. And who the hell are you people again? Oh, uh, we are confused, first of all, because normally there's uh, a little jaunty tune that plays on the recording app, and they took it away seemingly, so I didn't get to do my little dance to it. But <clears throat> once in a generation comes a film, once in a lifetime comes an emotion so raw, so pure, that it makes you want to throw the fuck up. I am pissed off, and we are going to hear all about it this week. My name is Cloudy J, and welcome to DC Animated Features. To my left, she is shaking her head in disbelief and anger herself. She is Shauna, the sick little one, gluten-free and cute as can be, the oracle of information. Shauna, how angry are you about this film? Oh my god, dude. Dude, what did they what did they do? What did they do? What did they do? What did they do? There is many of moments in which we asked that very same question. We were promised uh, such a strong um, image of the Justice Society, especially fresh off off of uh, coming back into continuity on a strong foot, both in uh, the DC's, you know, pretty much uh, what if tales, the Dark Universe ones, just as much as their presence in the actual metal relative arc, starting back from uh, the uh, first metal um, series all the way into the death metal one that had recently passed by. Yeah, before uh, that, before that even, they were an integral part of introducing the uh, Rebirth universe through the Doomsday Clock story, where it turns out Dr. Manhattan had removed Alan Scott's lantern to create the new 52 universe, and by setting it back, it created this new Rebirth. So without the JSA, there would be no current continuity in comics. So pretty much what just happened here throughout all the various curiosities, conflicts, and overall rage-inducing moments here, they basically took Alan Scott and shit all over him to give us whatever, whatever happened here. Mind you, it's very colorful, animated, and it's got some good name inclusions, but part of the problem seems to be the primary focus on these included characters that have been such a grand highlight these past few years. And, you know, we will get to all these rants and more, but we have got a shit ton of news to get through. It's like a page. A, a couple of pages, and it's all written in point form. Uh, so, of course, we put out our 420 episode last week. This week, the episode comes out on a Friday. So there is a week and a half worth of news to get through. More or less. Yeah, there is quite a bit of it. Um, just to, before the headway into it, I at least want to start off on a really good note here. Uh, Thoughts on Mortal Kombat. I know I know how much you guys enjoyed it, how much others enjoyed it. Tell them I how much you enjoyed it. Notes Mortal Kombat is actually going to come up in our news today, sir. 
fantastic. I can't wait to hear about that. So without further ado, amongst the reviews, we always begin with the news. What's fucking happening? Well, you know, you wanted to talk about Mortal Kombat first. So, yeah, Shauna's going to load up her tablet with the notes on it. Uh, but overall review, I don't know why people have such a problem with this. This is a fucking video game that came out in 1994 that when, mo- when most people played it for the first time, they didn't realize there was even a goddamn story behind it. It was just scary monster characters and ninjas throwing fireballs and chains at each other. And I was all fucking for that then. And watching this movie, I was all fucking for that the entire time. From the opening sequence with uh, Scorpion's family being attacked by Sub-Zero to the very final, you know, he's going back to hell. He's doing the original fatality with the hellfire breath. I was all fucking for that. I don't give a shit that they use an original character to uh, be our point of view. I thought that was a smart idea. Leaving some characters on the table for next time. Like Melina and Johnny Cage. Smart idea because they teased them. This movie, I thought, was balls-to-the-wall fun, and I wanted to watch it the very next morning after we watched it. That is a fantastic take on it, Jay, especially since throughout the uh, various um, like uh, released chapters of Mortal Kombat as a video game, we didn't just get to see a fighting game spectacle where, tournament or not, it was still two guys on opposite ends of the screen kicking the shit out of each other with little to no actual tournament bases actually involved in it. Except for the fact that, okay, you fight a guy, you run into, and he fucking dies. You know who else fucking does that? Street Fighter. No sense of an actual tournament, just live. Just fucking live. And in which case, throughout the various character stories that they did release, which is a fantastic inclusion, especially the overall ensemble lineup and the people they got to play these characters, we got to see everything they actually offer us in the Mortal Kombat games, animated functions, comics, and... Now all of that comes together in this movie, and I fucking love the idea of where they went with it. I love the evil twist of how Shang Tsung wanted to win the fight before it even fucking began. And my god, uh, all the all the acting and all the conflict that went into it, some of it may have had a little bit of like, you know, logical questioning to it, but it's mortal fucking combat. There are people who have come back from hell to get revenge. There are people who live thousands of years because they're part of the Lin Kuei. There's Shang fucking Sung and Jax's mustache. What more do you want? Jax is actually what brings us into the DC realm. (laughs) Probably one of my favorite parts too. The guy that played Jax was Jimmy Olsen on Superman. Yeah, I went fucking ballistic the first time I watched the movie, and I could not stop, like, going in for more. I cannot get enough of the Jimmy Olsen, like, uh, Jimmy Jacks. Jimmy Jacks was just fucking supreme. Everywhere from stepping up to, like, uh, friggin', uh, good, man, how about you? Everything from uh, going in on uh, his struggle against Sub-Zero as an actual human being, uh, all the way up to the factor of him trying to build up as one of the champions of the Mortal Kombat quote, tournament, unquote, and finally um, getting his uh, unique ability into creating those arms. Like, I am so fucking sorry to the people who can't get on board with the whole prospect of Jax getting his arms in a unique manner. But Jesus fucking Christ, let the people have some creativity here. I love what they did with it. I love how they built him up, and I love how they used him. Fucking supreme. My, my only gripe coming out, like, my only, oh, man, I wish they would have, was actually in the Jax fatality fight scene. Uh, that bridge is perhaps my favorite stage on Mortal Kombat 2 because I played it on the Game Gear growing up. 
You talking exactly. about being like a uppercut yeah. at offense? Exactly, yeah. And I used to always play as Jax on the Game Gear version. So when I didn't see him uppercut his opponent off of the bridge and through the spikes, I was a little disappointed. Although we did get the head crusher, which was cool. I was absolutely um, just astounded by this. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed every little part of that, but I do agree. I do wish that they would have had like a whole pit of spikes underneath the bridge thing. That would have been an excellent callback. But this movie has also given us so many various callbacks that fit in so conveniently with the film's progression. Um, I can easily say I'm with you on the same thing with the bridge, but still, nonetheless, they did a fantastic job with all the gore and the action. Sean, any other notes besides Jack's on? Um, Ludi. Hold on, her screen just turned off on her here. Ludi Lin. Oh, okay. Who plays uh, Luke Kang? Plays Merc in. Um, yeah, he's a, a mercenary in Aquaman. Aquaman. One of the other actors in that movie as well was in Deadpool too. I think it was Cole's actor. Uh, uh, something, something Land, uh, Tomorrow Land or something like that. I'm sorry, folks. I can't quite remember the name of him right off the bat, but he did a fantastic job as a descendant of the Hazashi clan and his character being built up as like a newer character to even possibly be thrown in as an additional fighter of the Mortal Kombat series is honestly in um, just in a welcome environment for me. And I can't wait to see what they do with that. Um, Ty Tara, the girl that plays her, did stunts on Aquaman, as long oh, as as well as Shan Shai or Shang Tai Shang Sung Sung. He uh, played four episodes of The Arrow as Frank Chan or Chin. Frank Shen. Do you also so happen to? Sorry, go ahead. No, you go. Oh, okay. Well, I was just going to ask, do you happen to remember any other notable cinematic features that he happened to have appeared in? I wrote some, uh, seen something when I was writing it down. But, but she only really wrote down the one thing for each person. As she's grabbing that, um, I can't remember the character's name. She's not from the original three oh. games. Uh, he's the one that fought Jax for his fatality. Big Hammer. Oh, General Krenko? Yeah, that was Nathan Jones from WWE. That was Nathan. Get out of town. I, I looked it up. I didn't believe it either, but I had to click Nathan Jones, and it's like WWE SmackDown, WWE. I'm like, no fucking oh. way. Well, congratulations to him on landing such a fantastic role and being such a, a powerful part in the Mortal Kombat movie. Uh, just uh, gearing back to Shang Tsung really quick, the feature I was making mention of was The Dark Knight. He happens to be the man who holds on to all the uh, crime boss's money, and he dips yeah. back to China for Bruce for Bruce to chase him down. Nice. That's all I could see was that this guy is disguising himself as pretty much the head of the nether of the outworld, just so Batman can't find him again. In which case, uh, a lot of DC characters have recently, you know, been uh, confirmed in previous videos as well as uh, recent inclusions as lists of various Mortal Kombat characters. So because of their Mortal Kombat versus DC Universe, Injustice, as well as other Mortal Kombat titles, certain DC characters are now, you know, considered combatants in the Mortal Kombat Universe. Wild stuff. Oh, man. What else you got for us? 
ठीक है
broken mid might uh, nap, there might be hell to pay. So it sounds like me if I'm laughing. <laughs> Well, it's just absolute madness, you know. I mean, like you're paying three fifty for a one scoop cone of ice cream. I mean, that's that's already hell to pay. I mean, right? Jesus Christ! And the last okay. one I have is Gina Herazumi, which is which is the um the quiz, which is an an an. A, Let me see the word. It sounds familiar. Anemic. Anemic. Enigmatic. Enigmatic. Okay. A germaphobe who's crippledly, a crippling of uh, uh, phobia. Yeah. Masks and awe inspired powers. Fancy. Oh. So this person's, in, this person's a fucking introvert then. Yeah, I, I believe that's the description for detectives. Uh, they also have, like I said, uh, the Dada Sisterhood. Uh, no real information on that right now. Oh, well, at, at the very least, we get the uh, announcement that she's included. So, well, both of them are included, excuse me. So that's pretty damn exciting stuff. I mean, it's uh, so many, so many characters to add into the Doom Patrol for this series. This is going wild. Uh, also in television news, uh, of course, this Sunday, Legends of Tomorrow does come back. Awesome. Uh, it's a trailer that shows that oh they're going to be God. doing a Baby Yoda-inspired episode with a little it's pink. pink. I saw that. I saw that. That looked uh, It looked pretty cool, but I'm like, oh, come on, C-Dub. Come on, guys. What do you do? Like, I was just so baffled as to why they would need to try and pull from the other franchises to be able to, like, from... The perspectives they already do, respectively, and uh, why they would need to like uh, pull from something that doesn't need to be tugged on. Giggity. They did a Star Trek one last season, and they've now done a doing Star Wars Star one. Wars again. They've done Star Wars already. They're doing I did Star, Wars. The Star Wars one. That yeah. was a fun episode. Uh, it also looks like they're doing an episode, so it doesn't look like the Baby Yoda will be the only shot at Disney this season. No, they oh, look well. like. That's just absolutely fantastic. It was pretty much another like supernatural Scooby Doo episode. Pretty much. Uh, in other Damn. television show news, XS and Jay Garrick will be returning to the Flash. And that's from Jay Garrick. And that's from John Wesley Ship's own Twitter account. Uh, that'll be really exciting, considering he's Ooh. also Jay Garrick on Stargirl. And he's all. And if he's visiting uh, Barry Allen of that universe, then he's going to be drawing power from the same, you know, quirky, weird, uh, low-key villainous Speed Force, and uh, that's going to be a whole different kind of shit. Though. We will get into that, sir. <laughs> Fantastic. So um, recently, uh, I was in uh, downtown Hamilton just making my way, and I happened to spot some vehicles that made my day. They weren't no Lambos. They weren't no uh, Hummers. They weren't even no race cars. It was a GCPD cruiser. And that's the end of the rhyming because that's the point I'm trying to get to. I got the CGCPD cruisers up close uh, in Summers Lane in Hamilton, Ontario, where uh, upon uh, discussion after the site, I'm pretty certain they're doing uh, Titans filming down there. Yeah, because they are shooting the Flash uh, England right now. And they've used Hamilton for a lot of things. In episode one, in the first two minutes, you see an HSR bus behind Raven. 
I remember that. Man, that uh, that was fun. Oh, did you, were you able to get any pictures of the cars at all, sir? Uh, no, uh, there were employees watching, and I wouldn't have I wouldn't have felt proper if I didn't at least like ask them, like, "Hey, I really like this show. Can I get a picture of the car?" She's like, "Just on risk of leaking it out, I can't let you." I'm like, "Oh, well, all right." I mean, I got to see them though, and uh, they were just mono black with GCPD slapped on the side. So I think they were. <laughs> That was pretty much it. Speaking of uh, Titans, we do have some casting news. Uh, uh, Carthusier. Uh, I'm down, Jay. It's not for that one, so I... Has been cast as Jonathan Crane in Scarecrow for Titans. Ooh. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't believe that didn't come to mind when I made mention of Titans. That's actually really big news. I mean, despite, you know, pulling on uh, Gotham's uh, Batman rogues gallery, but still a big part of Robin's life. So, or Nightwing for that matter. So it's a going to, it's going to be a welcome experience seeing what the whole Jonathan Crane fear gas thing has to offer us. What other characters are going to be behind him? Are there going to be any leagues or coordinated societies that are following up with them? And it just creates a whole manner of curiosity and enjoyment. I, about Jay Garrick and how he's traveling from the Stargirl show. Uh, Stargirl did get uh, a tentative release time. It will be on Tuesday, August 10th, taking the Flash's time schedule. Oh, man. So just days oh. before your birthday, sir. I get Suicide Squad and Stargirl. Yeah. That's fucking wild. I cannot wait for this. This is going to be an incredible August this time around. I mean, given the circumstances, I mean, hearing the news is absolutely fantastic. So I'm totally, I'm totally down for all of that shit. Also in television news, uh, it's going to be a uh, four-part mini-series. So after we will be doing a review of this, I believe, because it'll be Teen Titans Go meets the DC Superhero Girls in a crossover. No. Sorry, boys, but we have to because it's Teen Titans Go. I don't want. I don't want to do it. The superhero girls are going to be there and they're doing that one, or you get to watch the other one twice. Fine, I'll do it. I'll do it for the. I'll do it for the people of Mizonia. Uh, we'll save the. Uh... Well, you know, it's television, so now it's time to get a little bit of a rant on. Calm down, Jay. (laughs) They can dye his hair. It's okay. Because the Green Lantern HBO Max series has cast Finn uh, Whitrock as Guy Gardner. A skinny black will be playing a, you know, kind of chunky ginger they can get, gain him some weight and dye his hair. Calm down. This just follows a series of of events and a pattern of DC live action media <laughs> replacing every redhead they can get their hands on. Huh. Well, who doesn't like a little ginger in their coffee every now and again, huh? I'll tell you who. Johnny Depp. DC. Think about it, Mize. With all these DC properties that we've had, when's the last time a red-haired character 
red-haired character being transitioned into live action. Oh, poor Luther. Poor guy. He just, whoosh, there goes the toupee. That was a fresh batch of hair, and he just took it off. Yeah, uh, Iris and Wally both got swapped out. Uh, elongated man became brown-haired. Yeah. Barry Allen ruined, like, his own timeline. He ruined his own timeline to the point where it turned his girlfriend into another race. And again, we will get to the rant on that movie. <laughs> uh, because DC Comics has also announced Electric Boogaloo will be coming October 16th. Yeah. And as a famous man from ancient scriptures had once foretold, ah, uh, shit, here we go again. 24 yeah. hour, another 24 hour thing of it. Yeah. Just fucking another 24 hour thing just straight out at us. But they're going to be bringing us many of uh, various like uh, new and uh, further, re- further previewable properties. I mean, as long as, as long as there's a lot of Suicide Squad news, regardless of movie, game, otherwise, I'm totally happy with it. Uh, in big comic book news, DC has decided to launch a continuation series from Justice League Unlimited. Uh, however, it is going to be a digital-only series for the comic. What the hell? I'm willing, I'm willing to pay your conversion rate, silly price books, but like, why you got to make it digital now? Now I got to like click buttons on the computer when I could just easily flip a page. You're making it hard for me, DC. Already fat and lazy. You don't need to make it worse. Uh, hopefully, they will be putting out in a hard copy. I would certainly be fine with that. Like, um, if they decided to release all the issues at once and then do the same thing on like a hardcover thing release, okay, cool. But you know, doing this without even releasing it as like an actual print first. I mean, if people are buying into the new adventures of Batman and Robin comic, why the fuck aren't they going to buy into the Justice League Unlimited? This is Justice League Unlimited. The title speaks for itself. It's presented itself as such and is more than deserving of its own new, like, new style Justice League title. Instead of crossing over with anime, you son of a bitch. Uh, Spinning out of the Teen Titans uh, uh, Infinite uh, State books, uh, Shazam's going to be getting a miniseries out of it. Which would probably be something revolving around his time having to be uh, imprisoned where he is, uh, you know, as explained in Future State and uh, other recent DC titles that explains his recent presence w- along with the Titans and even Titan Academy. Uh, also in miniseries news, Booster Gold and Blue Bell are back in a new Blue and Gold miniseries starting this July which I think is just outstanding. This is one of those like genius maneuvers you're not going to forget for a while there because that is a duo who should have never been unfocused on um, in you know primary comic continuity and shit. These are two guys that should be like mainstream all the time, like Deadpool. And, except, um, you know, there's people instead of voices. Movie news, uh, Uli Latku... Uh, Lat- the kid that plays the young guy. Uh... Yeah, he plays uh, the younger version of The Rock on Young Rock. Yeah. He's been cast in a mystery role in Black Adam. 
Well, that's tremendous news. I wonder how he got that job. People are yeah dc warner fucking jim carrey i don't give a fuck whoever's in charge of this you need to follow up on that like you clearly see how the television series goes and it's just fucking gold so why not monopolize on that by just, you know, swapping the genre from comedy over to, you know, the serious historical bit you want them in. The kid's good. Kid's fucking built. Same with Dwayne Johnson. You can clearly tell because you cast him as a black Adam. Well then, I'll be a much disappointed. Tell him, Matt. Hey folks, do you like fun recipes and delicious food? Are you a health conscious person or someone who may be celiac? Well, check out the Twitter account Gluten's the Devil for fun recipes and delicious food on almost a daily basis. That's Gluten's the Devil at Twitter. Perfect. So a little technical chug right along. Uh, Netflix debuted a new trailer for a DC Comics inspired Sweet Tooth miniseries. This has been a pretty obscure title that's caught wind pretty fast, although to a lot of their fan base, it's probably one of those like mainstream power titles for sure. In which case, I can understand your reasoning for it if you enjoy it so much. Google Stop. The Wild Series. Fantastic stuff. Uh, also, DC will be launching a new horror imprint called DC Horror, and they're going to start off with a Conjuring comic. Oh, here I thought they were going to release another Suicide Squad that only lasts two issues. Yeah, you're, you're still sore on that. Yeah. I'm just going to say, someone sounds pain. <sighs> All I know is pain. Well, speaking of pain and the Suicide Squad, oh, yeah. uh, Brian Azzarello and um, Alex uh, Maliv's uh, Black Label was putting out Suicide Squad Get Joker. Well, that's going to be a wild one. In the light of uh, the A-Day event and uh, the weird gas bombing that happened so shortly after the Joker War, um, all signs are pointing towards the actions of the Joker, of course, in which case the obvious setup would lead towards somebody else being behind the wheel. In which case, I have a feeling it has something strongly to do with both uh, Mayor Nakano as well as Jonathan Crane, the Scarecrow, in this current run of um, various Batman titles that... Oh boy! If you're if you're reading Batman right now, you know the fuck you know how dill this pickle is. Zip zap. World, sir. Sorry, what's that? Isn't the Black Label series uh, set in Elseworlds? They are, yeah, but they can still call reference to certain things and aspects, uh, such as deceased, for example. They didn't have to go with the time that you know, like John and Damien were in DC continuity, but they managed to you know keep those aspects in there, as well as other various characters and their updated attire in regards to DC's various rebirths and new continuities that they released. Well, that is all I've got for news. Uh, is there anything that we missed news that you have for us? Being right off the top, uh, no, but um, uh, 
Yeah, everything's uh, pretty much covered. Yeah, you got uh, a lot of the new, a lot of the news that I did. Not even more so, actually. Like I said, I only knew a limited amount of the, the Doom Patrol members that have been announced, and uh, oh, geez, like a couple other of the, the movie-related things too. Really got me. Well, uh, you know, before we get into what we're weeding, uh, because there is nothing really for Collector's Corner this week. I read some comics. Sean is picking up on what we're reading. Sean is uh, getting into. Uh, like the, she just finished the sixth dimension book. Oh, fantastic! He's about to pick that one. I'm sorry, she just finished volume two of that series. Uh, but before we get into what we're reading, shout out to Shivani Molly Millions on Twitter for being our question contest winner. She happened yeah. to call the answer correctly in regards to the question that Jade asked the last week of who was the voice actor for the question. In which case, uh, I think it was the question, right? Or was it the Riddler? Question. All right, yeah. It was the voice actor for the question. It turned out to be Jeffrey Combs. Go, Shibby. So, so shout out to Shivani. Uh, her and I go back a few years now. Uh, actually, her goal for when the pandemic is over is to go to Rip Impact's wrestling school. Huge goals ahead. Bigger future. So shout out to her. Your uh, Tim Drake action figure and a couple Clowny J stickers will be in the mail for you soon. Yeah, whenever I get. Don't forget to don't forget to tag us when you unwrap the lovely Christmas gift, Giggity. Perfect. So we'll move into what we're reading. Uh, like I said, Sean is picking up some old back issues and getting all caught up. Uh, I myself, I got a new copy of uh, Earth New Fifty Two Earth Two. Volume one in the mail recently. Uh, I had a few of those volumes already. Uh, however, uh, I did a borrow trade with some friends that we just lost touch with over the years. Oh, so in return, I got all of the like the build up to Doomsday Clock, all those Watchmen single issues. Okay, I've got all of those in storage right now. Well, that's still pretty neat. So uh, I popped on Amazon, saw this book, grabbed that with Shauna's last wool order. And also in the mail, I've got uh, right now uh, Justice League of America, uh, an Earth 2 story. It is the very first introduction of the crime syndicate. Ooh, that's a pretty classic tale, eh? So uh, that could be in the mail as well. That's fantastic news. I happened to have uh, scoured abouts and noticed a recent couple of um, older trades that I had to pick up as well in regards to Teen Titans, Harley Quinn, and uh, Red Hood. That's going to be exciting stuff, too. Perfect. And, of course, today we put in our order with you. Uh, absolutely. A lot of the books that are in there, you uh, clearly got like a, the cooler. I got a, two Green Lantern covers, and I'm fairly certain I know which one you already want. The one has um, a few of the lanterns, but the head lantern of the front being John Stewart. And then the other one is the teen lantern poking at the guardian's That's chest, like one. yelling at him. You want that one? Oh, hell yeah. Okay. I got, I got that one. And so, yeah, I'll, give, I'll just give you that one. I'm totally down for that, but the book is just fantastic. Um, the Batman yeah, stuff. The has, like, if you look on the bottom, everyone else is all shocked, and Guy Gardner's pissing himself laughing. <laughs> He's like, oh, shit. Uh, cousin Janie's ripping on Grandpa. <laughs> uh, absolutely fucking hysterical. 
But uh, yeah, if you're uh, reading any of the Batman titles, specifically Detective Comics, uh, you'll notice uh, in the last issue that uh, Miss Worth had gone missing. One of Bruce Wayne's recent uh, neighbors in the, um, I believe it was the Gray uh, Cave he was calling it or some shit like that. But at any rate, apparently her father is actually like uh, the other 50% of like Gotham's fucking financial efforts. Uh, this guy, a creative ass name, apparently, uh, Mr. Worth. I can't yeah. remember. I can't remember his first name, but it's just Mister Worth. And this is oh my god, dude, dude! It, it's going to tie into Alfred somehow. Pennyworth. That in which case that would be a fantastic idea, or maybe there's part of the family that got exiled from the penny half of the worth. Which oh, that just sounds fucking stupid. But they would do it because that's Batman. I'm calling right now. It ties into Alfred somehow. I am certainly hoping that that would be the case because if you look at the size of uh, Mr. Worth, <laughs> name is so fucking dumb. Uh, if you see him on the cover of the new Detective Comics uh, issue, he's a fucking giant, like manly fucking man in black uh, for this series. Uh, seriously, like on a break or something like that, when you got the chance, just look up uh, uh, Batman Detective Comics, uh, Mr. Worth. He's just fucking huge. Um, aside from that, though, um, Jay's going to be uh, intercepting uh, the recent Suicide Squad titles that had come out, and uh, that's actually huge stuff, And as well as the Future State Suicide Squad run, which was uh, a fairly impressive and unique portrayal of what's to come for Task Force, Task Force X. Uh, of course, anyone that knows me knows the one character that sold me on this. William fucking Cobb is on the team. Oh, he is, isn't he? Oh, that's just fucking prime. That's just absolutely huge. Yeah, if there's the anybody better than the Justice Squad's Batman. I mean, it's he's the fucking like known assassin of Gotham. It, it does beg the question, though. Like, I, I have to ask because you're more caught up with all the the weeklies for all the Bat titles. Lay it on me, Swing Daddy. Calvin Rose. Sorry, what's happening with which Rose? Calvin Rose. That is a very interesting question. I'm not sure what that's all about either. But I, I know after being the Talon, he took on this stupid-ass name of Gothamite. Yeah, and it stretched on into a further release of heroes we would never hear from again after two issues just filler art in out of nowhere like the I whole night series from new 52 i fucking love that talent series oh yeah it, it's great for a court of owls build up and you know what would really help it if they used them now like just throwing them just throwing them in there like that is uh, kind of kind of off-putting because you want to use the whole court of owls and not just just their talents i mean using their talents is cool and all especially on the suicide squad at that but it's a it's a society. You got to do what Grodd did and just throw your best foot forward and just sort like a rock their world, like turn Gotham upside down, destroy the Batman. That's done. That's done and said. That would be wild stuff. Well, I guess we do have something for Collector's Corner. What you got? Well, uh, the other week. I put out the challenge to Shauna oh, to yeah. crochet a Darkwing duck. She had it done within days. And then you, sir, 
But uh, okay, that's Ooh. great. Now do Nega Duck in twenty four hours. <laughs> yeah, like like shit. Like not even twenty four hours later, it was just so and- fucking swift. And it happened spur of the moment and out of the blue, and he looks awesome. And speaking of that, as we were doing that, I put on a couple of Darkwing Duck episodes from uh, the Disney Plus app. Very nice. And there's an episode where little Goslin dresses up in like a black and red version and calls herself the Crimson Quackette. And didn't Shauna have her done within 24 hours, too? And I got the gun. Yeah, and Tad Stone, the yeah. creator of Darkwing Duck, the entire uh, Darkwing universe, has been putting likes on all of it. Well, that's pretty dope, eh? Holy crap. That's admiration right there. I like that shit. So that's all we've got for news, uh, what we're reading, and Collector's Corner this week. You got anything for us, Mize, before we cut to an official commercial and come back with this travesty? Um, well, just before the travesty there, I... Oh, God, what was it that I happened to uh, pick up there? Oh, Jesus, yeah, that's right. Friggin', uh... Oh, the What's-It's Funko, the Chinese New Year ones. I had grabbing uh, one of those, so... Can't wait for that to come in. But no, the Robin. The, uh, the Robin. Dude, if you get the if you get the chase one, it's Damien. What? The chase figure has the hood up. Oh. Well, in which case, I will renew my search uh, promptly after we finish up uh, this time around, and then I will see to it that he will be mine. Oh yes, he will. Uh, speaking of Funkos, actually, for Collector's Corner, the Ryan Troy Adam drops later on this month. Oh, well. Big surprise. Uh, small packages. So I'm going to need you to head to an EB because they're an, uh, uh, an EB uh, Games exclusive. Oh. Is and it I'm going to need you to try and put one on hold and order one in, and I'll pay you to pick it up and ship it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, let me know what's up with that, and uh, I'll, I'll actually go out and get it. Yeah, head to an EB tomorrow when you go to do the the uh, the shipping order of the books, and let me know. Oh yes, that's right. I have to ship the books. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, no, I had a few additional errands to run, and I totally uh, needed to finish up notes before uh, you know I ship those out. And well, it'll be easier anyway. It was mad busy out there today. Very Fucking beautiful. Yeah, very scarily busy. So I took my time and, you know, try and find it like very seldom space used and, you know, go on there just for safety purposes. It worked out in the long run, but the day just dragged. It was madness. And in random news that's of no importance to anybody, but probably the people in this room and possibly Mize for when he comes up. This Monday, I finally get the fan and thermal paste replaced on my PS4. Which means that Jay will once again emerge in the most powerful adventure known to man. The way the Mizenor. Um, I have been cheating my PlayStation the past couple of days. I found a way to get it to play like Red Dead and WWE 2K long term without turning itself off. What? <laughs> you monster. What did you do? <laughs> I took off the plastic shell from the top completely. Oh my god. Yeah. And I have a fan blowing on the metal to keep it cool. 
I'm calling the PlayStation police. You fucking criminal. I, I figure, you know what? If it burns through the thermal paste doing this, I know it's getting fully replaced on Monday. Okay. I can I, I can see the logic in that. Uh, and then I'm going to ask him what he can do about uh, the disc reader as well, if anything. Oh, good. It would be nice to have that kind of function back again. You know, I'm, it, it's good to have, like, the digital stuff. But in case, you know, you did have, like, titles, that like, hard copy of titles that you wanted to play and shit, it's a lot better than just having to repay for them on the network, only to eventually fix the problem and have waste the money somewhere down the line. Or, you know, I have to delete game A to play game B, you know? Oh my god, I hate doing that because then you're gonna redownload the other game and the other game's so fucking big as it is. But then you change your mind and you cancel you redownload the other one, but it's still a fucking weight anyway. Man but I've got a solid selection of my main games. Like I've got my Fire Pro Wrestling. I just put 2K19 back on. Uh, I've got UF4 because it's got the backyard pit and I was able to make homeless bum mice. <laughs> I will never not use that picture. Dude, how good does that look? <laughs> oh my god, it's fucking spot on, you know, because if you tell an, a fucking uncle joke, I will go pale like that, like, instantly. Lighting or no lighting, I will turn into Seamus, like, pronto. Not only that, but I can put that fighter in the backyard fighting pit. Oh man, you're gonna make me fight honey badgers again. We put you in a swamp. Dude, we made you fight Brock Lesnar. In a swap. Did I win? No. <laughs> You're goddamn right I lost. <laughs> it makes absolute sense. But, you know, he was in my swamp, so I had to have five of them. Did I have five of them? follow or watch UFC, but I love playing their video games. No, absolutely, because it's just a matter of running up to people and throwing a knee in their face, and then they're down for ten seconds. It's amazing. So, you know, I've got the wrestling, uh, two wrestling games, 2K. I've got both Spider-Man games on there and Red Dead. So with with those six games, I'm pretty much covered. Well, that's absolutely outstanding. You know, those style adventure games are uh, always a fun way to go. You get an intense, like, role-playing storyline. You got great action sequences, easy controls to manage, and a variety of characters to enjoy. So that's a that's a good way to go. It's a good choice in game. Overhaul coming on Monday. I'm actually going to try Red Dead Online for the first time. If you want to practice for that, try playing the game on like, you know, one of the harder difficulties. Uh, so that way you can get like just a better prospect of your coordination in game. That way, when you go into it, it's not an entirely different environment because it's not just a randomization. Players play a, like a set way. They can camp out on you, and it just turns out being like a, a lion's den of fucking disappointment. So you want to get in on the know-how and the proper like dexterity for using all the fucking like various options, actions, and so forth. Reading about some of the communities is the only time I wish I was a PC gamer because apparently there's like an entire like they don't treat it like go around shoot people and rot. There's an entire like just 1989 role play. Where you just like live the life of a cowboy, you can get an actual job, and oh my goodness, there are so many like independent games that are silly like that, but they look so fucking enjoyable. Like, um, 
friend Dan's playing uh, this zombie survival game where he goes around, um, self-manufactures various tools, puts together fixes, um, you know, cooks and everything like that in this game, and even like boards up proper places. It feels so immersive into how well it's put together. He's like it's zombies barely. Yeah, he's like the zombies barely come out at a certain time. So when you're playing this game, it's a perfect time to get yourself set up. So when they come in, you're not going to be caught with your pants down because uh, all bases are going to be covered and you're going to be well stocked up on everything, especially stuff that you fix and build from scratch and shit. And of course, because I doubt Dan will ever hear this, I call him Hot Tub Time Machine because he looks like Clark Duke in Hot Tub Time Machine. Oh. Uh, Jesus Christ, Jay. I told him the first fucking time I met him. <laughs> oh, man. No, he, knows, he knows it. He's not going to know I just told this to the world, but he's Hot Tub Time Machine. He will He will admit to that. Um, he's undergone great self-improvement. He's fucking jacked as shit. And, uh, you know, he's still the same old cool dude. But, back, <laughs> oh my goodness, yes. He looked like the guy <laughs> from Hot Tub Time Machine, but he had blue hair, and it was great. Still cool. You know what, next time you see Dan or talk to him, send him my best. Tell him I said hello. Oh my goodness! I'll make sure. I'll make sure to do that. Um, because uh, the next time I, well, the next time I do talk to him and shit, it'll normally be with Schnell and just a uh, low, just a low key sneak attack plug real quick. There, Monday, Wednesday, Friday at eight p.m. You can join the Horror Haven on Twitch for various horror game enjoyments. Go and throw in some emotes and watch a 30-plus-year-old man jump and freak out to either mannequins, ghosts, silly people in bed sheets, or various sound effects from Resident Evil. Whichever way you want to do it, he always welcomes a new viewer. Sees you all as friends anyway. Check him out. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 8 p.m., The Horror Haven. And we're back. Make him one of those Twitch affiliates. Yeah. He really wants to be an Nathan Fillion. Well, why, why wouldn't you want to have a filler up? Why wouldn't you want to have a filling up? I mean, why don't we make like this payday and I'll fill you up like a pickup truck? You know what I'm saying? Uh, shit. The trunk in the trunk is a carton of milk. The milk, milk, lemonade, round right the corner, fuzz is made. Mine. And with that, we're going to cut to our official Batman 66 sound effect. Uh, who knows? I might throw the Mookie stuff buddy ad in, although she can't log into her Twitter account right now for whatever reason. Yeah. I might throw in a Gluten the Devil's ad. Who knows? Hell, I might play the Burdens ad again, even though it plays at the beginning of our episode. But you know what? We won't play yet because I'm trying to get a sponsorship by them. Herb Approach. That's the only thing I'm going to say. Let's cut to commercial. Yeah. Keep you waiting. Dude. Dude, we just had the most paranoid moment ever. What's that? Okay, so I'm not going to say its name, but you know how we have that uh, smart home assistant device? Yeah. We were talking about it, not to it. We did not say its prompt, and Shauna barely said its name. We were having a conversation about how it's always listening to us. We're paranoid about it. Yada, yada, yada. Right. Yeah. It then turns itself on and says, I'm sorry. I didn't get that. Could you, could you repeat that for me? Oh my goodness. That's spooky shit. And, and of course we're not completely sober. 
Well, that's just plain not fair then. And, and also, with Anchor no longer having its hold music, we were sitting here in silence. <laughs> oh, goodness. So that's my mindset. Now, should I go on my rant about this movie now or wait until the end? Sean is saying wait till the end. Yeah, we'll give it a we'll give it a quick wait till the end there and uh, see where things pick up on that front. All right, perfect. Because we're gonna start off, and it doesn't start off all that bad. Like, okay, let me get the good out of the way off the top. The animation is really well done. The voice cast is great. Uh, the fact that they included that kind of Greek Amazonian accent for Diana was a nice little touch. It was pretty cool. Yeah, I'll give it that. It was a nice homage to uh, Gal Gadot as well, so pretty neat stuff. Uh, the animation stylings matched up with uh, Man of Tomorrow, uh, as well as the story. It is It does begin in the same universe from what I've read. Yeah, so that just adds on even more excitement to, you know, future Justice League, like team-ups and shit. Exactly. So it does build. There's some great world-building in this. So However, they skip a few steps. They did. And you know what? Um, I'm guessing if it's something for existing DC fans to enjoy as well, we'll pick up on it. Um, we'll make our own theories from it and henceforth. And it'll just progress into something hopefully beautiful. It could just be an early misstep, or it could be the seed to something fantastic four or five movies down the line. And if that happens, I will revisit this and talk about it on a later episode. Oh, fantastic. Uh, like, like, like we know, The Long Halloween also ties into this. Speaking of The Long Halloween, it did not get written down in news, but bringing it up did trigger a memory in me. On the spinal art for The Long Halloween DVD cover, there is artwork that shows John Constantine uh, no. uh, no, it could mean that we're getting a Justice League Dark maybe mini story as a bonus feature in this that better be it oh man that better be it Sean is giving me dirty looks because she refused to write it down because it was something so minimal she doesn't think it means anything so important. It is John Halloween. Just a picture of Constantine. Constantine on the thing. It could mean a million things. Yeah, we well, do. It could also mean a bonus feature. Look at the way that they're doing the Justice League comic books with the back feature of a Justice League dark story. I think it's something like that as a bonus feature. That would be nice. I'd enjoy that. Well, let's jump into this, as this film will officially come out on physical copy this Tuesday. It has been released on digital, so that's how we're talking about it. So if you guys happen to be one of those folks, which isn't a problem or anything, but if you happen to be one of the folks who happen to pick up the hard copy and everything, you don't want to hear spoilers about any of it, then I would proceed in shutting this off for the time being, waiting it out until you have your copy, watching it, and uh, taking heed to this episode of the podcast with the creature features. The feature creatures and so forth. I am a hard copy collector when it comes to the DVDs. I used to try collect all of them until my disc reader stopped working. So I started doing all digital copies and I fell behind. Uh, so 
I know what it's like to want to hold that physical copy. Uh, we went out and grabbed a physical copy of the Death in the Family because we wanted to give you guys the full immersive experience with all the different chapter choices, but also because that's something to hold on to. That's a, a first-time edition, you know? Yeah, it's important to have these kinds of things in, in, in like actual form as opposed to digital, but we can understand your want for either or either side. Uh, moving on from there, jumping into the Justice Society, this is during the World War II period and uh, brings a lot of immersive history into play. The Warner Brothers logo is done all old school. The DC logo is done all old school. And uh, we're being shown that a film reel is being shown to the current president of the United States. Uh, truth be told, we're Canadian. Uh, that's don't Roosevelt. Know... Yeah, that's why I thought it was FDR. So Roosevelt's uh, taking a, a briefing there, and uh, it's uh, suggesting immediate action needs to be taken against the Nazis. As you've known, they've been a, a superpower over that period in which uh, they had uh, come pretty dang close to conquering, um, if not completely ruling over the entire planet. Um, Hitler's regime ruling the world, and we'd all be speaking German, Dutch, whatever the case is. Uh, during this time frame, however, Hitler was known to uh, have a little bit of a quirk with uh, obtaining more power via various artifacts and magical items, whether it be a collector's thing or that he believed these stories to be true. Whatever the case is, he was hunting these things down something fierce, and even the American government believes with the supernatural and superhuman capabilities that they've encountered that something needs to be done to prevent this from going on further. I mean, stopping Hitler, his army, as well as his collection of these artifacts, and then, of course, being America, turning the power over to them and utilizing it in their own means. Now, what I thought was really cool was in these photos, uh, you actually saw him in Egypt holding the Spear of Destiny. That was a huge one, too, because uh, I never really gave a crap. I'm like, okay, cool. So they're setting up Egypt. They're setting up the Spear of Destiny. It's going to be the Justice Society of America going after Hitler and the Nazis, going after this huge artifact in D.C. lore. Oh, yeah. And Gorilla Grodd thought it might look good. Gorilla Grodd thought it might look good on a mantle in his office, so. But yeah, that, that's what I thought we were getting, especially since we already know Hawkman <laughs> is part of the lineup. Absolutely. Uh, during this time frame in 1939, if I'm not mistaken, it's um, a little bit past uh, August or September when uh, Auschwitz was invaded and it became apparent that uh, the Germans were just going to march all over the world and conquer all, conquer all around them. So they managed to get, uh, they managed to invade and conquer most of Europe, including Russia as well, it would seem. And um, along these lines, uh, America has a plan to combat any supernatural capability, as mentioned earlier on. In which case, the briefing introduces the Justice Society, um, each of them with their own unique abilities, such as Rex Tyler, the Hour Man, with the ability to just spank it for an hour and not even burst a bubble. Uh, then there's Dino Lance, fucking yells at you for no reason, and you hear it. Uh, there's also Jay Garrick, uh, known as the Flash in this time era, and Jay Garrick is a monumental name above all else, and all jokes aside as well. Carter Hall, the Hawkman, they apparently want a metahuman whose superpower is just to fucking die. And 
the guy showing them uh, these various names amongst this team uh, is none other than Steve Trevor. He assures President Roosevelt that these hooligans will aid in their efforts to seize the course of the Reich, especially with the leadership of one um, Princess Diana's Damascara. And she has a powerful introduction there. Like, she's built like a fucking fortress, I'll tell you what. Then she just as well assures that everything's going to work out for the United States. And uh, yeah, we get uh, into like, let's talk about the Let's talk about the lineup a little bit. Uh, we'll, we'll consider Steve Trevor an honorary member here with Diana. What do you <laughs> think of the six-person lineup? The six-person lineup isn't bad. Um... I'm not too huge on the fact of, um, you know, Steve Trevor being in the Justice Society, but, you know, Robin had like, you know, kind of a sidekick inclusion membership as uh, part of the Super Friends. So I'll give them I'll give them that. It's a nice touchdown on, uh, you know, old school team up that they have. You know, right away, as soon as you saw Steve and Diana were involved with this, you knew who the story was going to revolve around. Yeah, especially since Steve Trevor's involved in it. Like, we get it. Steve was a huge part of uh, Diana's life, but the movie is called Justice Society. Now, these two characters could have easily been swapped out. I put this in my notes for two others that would have tied in perfectly with both World War II and the Justice Society. Ooh. I would have swapped out. I forget the guy's last name. His first name is Janice. But her name is Zinda Blake. I would have included the Blackhawk Squadron. Well, that would be nice. Now, having them as part of, like, the U.S. military as, uh, you know, like a Black Ops Air Force, that'd be fucking cool. I'd love that and shit. It would perfectly with the timeline, as well as introduced even more new characters to piggyback off the Justice Society. It will get into other people we'd swap out later on. There's one Mize and I discussed last night that we both totally agree what they should have done, especially in hindsight. Like, come on, guys. This isn't this isn't fucking rocket science. I mean, it's a Justice Society movie, and even that isn't rocket science. Like, come on. It's madness. So we get these opening credits that tour mildly about, like, a various... <laughs> um, the Witch? Uh, there's a spoiler right away in the opening credits, as I didn't see this character advertised for the movie at all. You see Superman created by Siegel and Schuster, and I'm like, fucking Superman's in this? Yeah, um, right then and there, anybody could, could easily tell that Superman's going to be involved in the story arc, but um, as for whence he would be involved would be more appropriately explained like uh, his placement you know, before Barry joins up with the Justice Society, that kind of shit. I mean, they pretty much tell the tale of like three quarters of the movie half the time in the trailers nowadays anyway. True. Well, after these awesome stylized credits, uh, we see Barry and the new Iris uh, on a date in Metropolis of all places. <laughs> It just goes back to my thing. Barry ran through time so goddamn much that turned his girlfriend black. <laughs> okay, so we'll address this elephant right off the bat with Miza's joke. Uh, <laughs> later on in the film that insinuates that this is the same Barry Allen from our season one, from the DC animated universe, from Flashpoint Paradox on the Justice League Dark Apocalypse War. This is supposed to be the same Barry Allen that went back in time at the end of that film 
and change history yet again. They'll make reference to that later that makes us believe this. He's done it so many times. He's ran across so many Earths and timelines. He pretty much created one and cooked his own brain in the process. And, you know, we've been blaming Booster Gold for a lot of things for a while on this show. Before that, it was the Superman, Kyle Smith. Now we have to give it to the stupid, what did you call him, the Scarlet Stupid? <laughs> Scarlet Stupid. The fastest <laughs> part alive? <laughs> Men should be called burnout at this point. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, for the foreseeable future, any weird change in the timeline, Barry, it's your fucking fault now. Anything that you don't like that happens in comics now, Barry kept running. So, fuck you, Barry. Fuck you, Barry. Fuck you, Barry. Hashtag fuck you, Barry. Say fuck you, Barry. You're shaking your head. You won't, you won't say fuck you, Barry, at this point? No? Not going to say nothing? She's a Wally apologist. Admit it, you're a Wally apologist. Well, Wally was her Flash growing up, remember? Wally was my Flash and Connor Hawk was my arrow. And now Connor Hawk's trying to assassinate everybody and Wally West is apparently some demonic force against the forces of reality. I can't wait to, wait to read Robin number one. It's going to be an enticing title. I can't wait to see what's in store for Damien. So, well, yeah. Uh, on their date, Barry and Iris are, uh, you know, they're having a little discussion, and Barry can't seem to separate his work and uh, personal lives. What gets her the most is that this is supposed to be a romantic getaway from them, leaving Central City and taking a little vacation, a little time for themselves in Metropolis, in which case Barry keeps like, oh, shit, I need to do this. I forgot to do this. He keeps dipping back and forth, and it's kind of hard to maintain your presence with the person you're trying to spend time with when you keep zipping all over the goddamn country. Now, you know what this reminded me of? Because it just wrapped up as well. It reminded me of the first episode of Invincible where Red Rush is trying to have a picnic date with his wife. That was a really nice little thing that they did with uh, Red Rush. I really enjoyed that. It's a shame what happened. Timing and how, like, it's within two months of release. That's the only thing it reminded me of. Yeah, but the difference between Red Rush's girlfriend and Barry Allen's girlfriend is that Barry Allen's girlfriend won't go into an alcoholic binge after 10 seconds of him being gone. (laughs) So they're doing their thing and they're arguing about, you know, Barry's commitment and he's trying to convince her that he's all for her and all of a sudden a a very interrupted boom goes off and it turns out Brainiac, a villain you should kind of introduce first as opposed to Parasite, but whatever. What? Uh, Yeah, he uh, he's attacking Metropolis. Okay, Brainiac looks pretty damn cool. He's got a small uh, he's got a small platoon of uh, robot skull tentacle things with him, and uh, he and Superman are taking the action into the center of Metropolis. Um, they're going on about it for a little bit, and it's a good little back and forth um, until the Flash joins the fight. You know, he manages to get on the up and up and uh, gives Superman a little hand there. And now Brainiac's all like, "Oh no, a four percent decrease in my, or sorry, a five percent decrease in my chance of winning. Whatever will I fucking do?" It's like, "Oh, I know, I'll laser beam the new kid." So um, Flash is joining in the frame. Brainiac's trying to get the best of him while Superman's fighting off robots and shit. It's an exciting little bit there. Uh, 
It turns out uh, Brainiac has a secret weapon for this one, though. Well, not so secret. We all know it well. It's the fucking glamorous picnic gem known as Kryptonite. And um, he presents it before the man is stealing. He starts weakening him during the whole kerfuffle. And then all of a sudden, uh, Brainiac's like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if I had a machine that can, like, you know, shoot shit? And he just kind of looked down and he's like, oh, fuck, I'm a genius. He loads it up into his um, Professor Xavier desk scooter and uh, it starts going in there and it fires off. So um, after being freed by the Flash uh, from the Brainiac uh, assault there, uh, Flash decides to run after the bullet. And uh, run after the bullet he did, only he kind of tripped and fell outside of his own reality and started yeah, you're getting a little ahead of me on the notes here, sir. As Superman makes a note to Flash during this fight, Kryptonite is my only weakness, which says to me he hasn't encountered any magic villains yet. Every two-year-old who bangs their face on the door knows Superman's allergic to Kryptonite. It's, uh, I don't even know why they bother putting it into the fucking thing anymore. I mean, everything yeah. about Superman at this point should be nothing surprising to any part of the public in the DC universe, especially a guy who's a fucking forensics officer. If fucking my mother-in-law, Judy, can tell me the information about the superhero, it doesn't need to be said on my goddamn movies anymore. <laughs> Didn't need to be said in any movies at that point. Right? If people that aren't even in touch with the superhero community can give you the answer... It doesn't need to be explained in your juxtaposition. I mean, there's so many lines you could pay them for, and that's what you open with. Wow, what an icebreaker. We were uh, over dinner. She watches this crossword game show. There was an, uh, a challenge today about Star Wars as I was coming out of the shower tonight. If she knew the answer, I knew the question didn't have to be asked anymore. <laughs> That's outstanding. That's how I can judge pop culture. If my in-laws know what it is, it doesn't <laughs> need to be asked. So yeah, Superman's Dunscap moment um, led Barry to the whole idea that, okay, bad rock need go away now. And so he does his thing. He starts chasing after the, bullet, the kryptonite bullet after it's fired. He slips and falls out of reality and starts scoping all over the bleed. Um, he's got a guiding voice to him, though, like all the imaging, the colors, and all that jazz around him. That there is like an anchor point which speaks out to him, and by the symbols and random flashes, you can tell who it is. House. Also, we see his face appear. Yes, Doctor House. No, not Doctor House. What? No, no Doctor Oz. Oh. Doctor Dr. Phil. Dr. Horrible? Dr. Strange? Steve Williams, speak to me. Dr. Death? <laughs> Dr. Death. Well, Dr. Death, Steve Williams appears. <laughs> Dr. Doom, Steve Williams. Doom! Oh, it's Dr. Strange fate from the Amalgam books. Now we're fucking cooking with pepper. Well, no, for reals, it is Dr. Strange that shows up in the time stream. Yeah, offers him a guiding voice, pretty much pulling him towards their reality there. 
uh, no point in really skipping out on them there and, uh, you know, falling into, like, the very essence of reality that'll, like, tear them apart. And he happens to fall into uh, familiar territory. I mean, not familiar to us right away because it's just ravaged wasteland at this point uh, by the Nazi army. They march through and they do let them know later on that they are in France, but they're marching through. uh, To me, it looked like a bunch of animated sequences from the first Wonder Woman film. It really did. And you know what? I'm not going to lie. They looked fucking good. It did look good, but I'm sitting there going, I've seen these action pieces already. No, yeah, absolutely. Like, there's so... Society doing this, not Wonder Woman. Absolutely. It, it is nice to see it fucking animated. And, you know, it gave me a very Captain America feel. But yeah, Wonder Woman does all the action and Hawkman just kind of shows up at the end. He was even fucking told to do shit. And you know what he didn't do? Exactly what he was told to do. It was absolutely fucking silly. Puts the Justice Society on the back burner and uses the character that, I'm sorry, I've got to put this out there, in the comics, Wonder Woman was their fucking secretary. She was. She was a mystery-solving secretary. Yeah. She was the one that sat back and did the paperwork for the Justice Society. And in this film, we hardly get Justice Society action if you wanted to make a Wonder Woman film, make a Wonder Woman film. Do not advertise the Justice Society to make them the side characters. Justice Society, Wonder Woman, signed documents. This Wonder Woman is one that signed whatever in her enemy's blood. And you don't want to get the two mixed up, especially when you have a fixated name on the name of the team you're trying to utilize. You know who would have been great? Also, if you're not going to use it, if you want to do the completely heroic leader representing the old red, white, and blue, Starman. I was going to guess Max. He was in the book that I was reading earlier. You you use the second Starman with Stripesy. Uh, Max was the second Starman? Yeah. That's wild. You use him instead because, again, original JSA member. Absolutely fantastic. I like I like that idea. And they could even utilize other characters they made mention of in the uh, Stargirl series as well in this animated feature. That way, once again, it's a more of a widespread maneuver for them. Yeah, oh, okay, since we're in the first half hour still of it, there is no post-credits scene. So with that, we do not get any kind of inclusion or mention of Adam Smasher, the Spectre, Alan Scott, Wildcat, Starman doesn't get mentioned. Wesley Dodd, Sandman doesn't get mentioned. Any one of these characters could have been used in at least a post-credit scene where the JSA decides after their interactions with who they'll call Future Boy that they need to bolster their numbers. Absolutely. And I don't know why they're calling the Flash Future Boy, especially with who's just sitting in a fucking jail cell for no reason later on in the movie. And if you've seen it already, they already know who I'm talking about. They've been quite peeved about that. I, I wrote down, even Sean thought this was kind of funny, that because they figured he was from the future and he was younger than Jay, they should have started calling Barry Kid Flash. Oh, my God. What? See? See, that would have been so much better. 
so much better. It, it's a nice knock. It's a nice knock towards Wally West. It's um, a great way of like giving a Kamandi like a code name sort of thing, because uh, some of the Justice Leaguers being old and whatnot find it like hard to pronounce or whatever given reason they want to do for old people in superhero suits. I swear to God, though, the fucking wizard. If anyone ever does that again, I'm gonna kick a fucking. What do you call it? I'm gonna kick a lottery sir. That's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> Well, speaking of a wizard, uh, let's cut the commercial five minutes early and we'll come back with some troubles in the Speed Force. Oh, shit, yeah, because it's going to land the Flash somewhere special. Well, it's already landed him somewhere special there, and we've already gotten to see the beatdown and whatnot. So, uh, yeah, we get to see a, a breath of fresh air that he doesn't get. Perfect. We'll be right back. And we're back. This is a pretty mice. Gucci mice. Pussy magnet, not a pussy mice. And we're back at it with those news and reviews. And now we're on to the review section, of course, going into the JSA movie here. And uh, we picked up here um, pretty much when a, the fluctuation uh, of Flash's arrival just crashing on into everything. Yeah, Wonder Woman's like, yo, you ain't from around here. You don't go here. Is basically what she tells him. That's a good you way to put it. With us. Yeah, she's real like iffy about it. <laughs> Pardon me. She assumes the Nazis created their own Flash, which again would have been a great conclusion to bring in the Reverse Flash. Oh my god, he should have been one of the first like fine print points to include in this movie. Again, this film should have been Hitler and the reverse Flash get their hands on the Spear of Destiny, causing Barry Allen to go back and help the Justice Society of America. Why didn't you write this movie? (laughs) That is a damn good question. A very good question. Yeah, later on when we get our heel turn, we'll see who else I would have included, which would have made sense. Um, she's uh, a little confused as to whether or not, yeah, you know, being a, a Nazi copy or perhaps even being sent by the president. Um, in which case, he's all like, who? Like, what the fuck is even going on here? Um, we get introduced to the Black Canary, though, amongst uh, this wild skirmish of uh, war and propaganda. Um, she arrives for further instructions and um, she's ordered to regroup with the others, and uh, Hawkman needs to take on the Sky Nazis. And as I made mention of earlier, the one fucking thing that Hawkman can't fucking do is whatever he's told. <laughs> yeah, uh, they're like, yo, we have to give this guy... During all this skirmish, they're like, hey, we have to give this guy a name. Well, he claims he's from the future, so let's just call him Future Boy. Yeah, I mean, they, they already got a flash, right? So It may... It's a it's a little bit later on where they do the whole introduction things with them and uh, he's all with them and you know trying to decide on a name and shit. And um, he's uh, like just so fucking confused as to what's going on. He's like, "What point in time am I in? Am I dead or something?" And uh, that's a uh, at the time there, you know, they reveal that they happen to be kicking around and fr- that they are kicking around in France because uh, Black Canary just describes France now as opposed to being like a romantic getaway area. It's uh, now just a, a crumbling heap of ash and death. And 
Well, that's not the only trouble uh, in France. Uh, there is a bunch of people that are going to be gunned down by the Nazis there, and they stand behind just this brave, normal dude who's definitely not Superman, and he's just, you know, like, hey, don't hurt these fucking people. And uh, the Flash comes along in what I probably think is play of the game for animation sequence in this movie. Oh, the uh, the knockout all the Nazis in the uh, time in a bottle esque sequence. Yo, dude, if Chris Hero wore a fucking flash outfit, that's prime description of fucking knockout artist right there because he mopped the floor with an entire platoon and was out of breath after. Yo, yeah, you want to bring out hard hitters? I would be remiss if I didn't uh, shout out our boy. Courage Pro Wrestling's PTBO Wrestling. Me and you were lucky enough to call one of his matches together. I've been lucky enough to call a few of his matches, including one that you saw live that your reactions kill me on. I got to give a shout out to the walking weapon, Josh Alexander. Oh, big shout out. Impact X Division Championship. Yes, but can he beat Nona Forte? Maybe. I don't know, man. No, no. Shout out to the walking weapon. Shout out to wrestling fans. Uh, Check out the Courage Pro Wrestling YouTube channel to check out his matches we got there. Absolutely. And if there's anything sharper than the X Division Championship around the waist of like one of the most phenomenal technical wrestlers today, it's his fucking chops. And like you said, even in the even in the even in the match itself, he's just uh, absolutely marveled by my reaction, let alone whatever's going on in the match. Because whatever was going on in my head was portrayed so well, it, it just morphed all over the place. Like, it was it, just. Uh, it also gives me hope that Samoa Joe will be the one to take the title off Kenny Omega, and then Josh Alexander uses option C, and I get to see the walking weapon versus the Samoan submission machine. <laughs> Come on, Kenny, be a fucking sport, buddy. <laughs> Well, with that, uh, we do see that Steve Trevor's uh, plane has been shot down. Yeah, because uh, he finally manages to get in there after uh, all the ground troop is taken care of. Uh, the ones in the sky are still a bother. You know, the one that the very one that Hawkman was told to go deal with. Remember that time Hawkman dealt with the birds in the sky? You remember that? Because I do fucking not. I do not remember that at all. Oh, that's Silly me, because it never happened. <laughs> God bless you, Hawkman, whatever you are. <laughs> um, it's a, a, a conspiracy theory reason why Hawkman was included in this? He was a Make-A-Wish Stormtrooper? Besides that. <laughs> <laughs> My conspiracy theory on this is they wanted to make this character Alan Scott, but they also wanted to include the romantic interest between Black Canary and this character. And because oh. they really had Alan come out in the comics, DC said no. Oh, well, Jesus Christ, you know, well, far be it from them to tell the tale about, oh, I don't know, our man in fucking The Flash. You know, because they clearly didn't put together some 4chan Kauai bullshit like fanfic relationship between them. Instead of using Alan Scott and say Adam Smasher? Like, come on. But yeah, the entire time I'm like, <laughs> this is probably why they used Hawkman and not I have no, no proof to back this up. This is all in my head. 
if you utilized Alan Scott in the method that they told the tale of uh, his um, Rebirth Like 52 version, where the train explodes and whatnot, like, you know, play that whole part out with uh, him proposing, the train blowing up and everything, and that's how he gets his, like, green power for the movie, and it focuses on, like, the Green Lanterns and how they're going to affect uh, televised audiences when they appear on HBO Max. That's just me, but <laughs> maybe you went a good in that road. You know, also in the upcoming quote-unquote Shakespeare role, which is totally not Clark Kent, by the way, you also could have used Alan Scott in this role because his... Alright, I'm waiting for the other file to buffer and save before I stop here because I'm on a fucking rant here. No doubt, huh? So uh, if you wanted to have this relationship between the Hawkman and Black Canary, which makes no fucking sense either. Whatsoever. No. One, at this time, she was married. They actually make reference to that character in Detective Larry later on. But besides being married, everyone knows she was fucking Ted Grant on the side. And even if it wasn't Ted Grant that she'd be banging out, why wouldn't you just go the mainstream route and just throw Ollie in there? How fucking cool would an archer be in World War II? It also would have told into this, uh, tied into the Seven Soldiers of Victory. God damn it. I think at one point or another, this is just going to turn into us rewriting everything into something a little better. It really is, and I am all for that. <laughs> I had a fucking feeling. <laughs> Because oh, I, I will one day fix the laptop that's sitting in my bedroom, go back and re-listen to this episode, and start reworking the script like I once did for X-Men Origins Wolverine. Oh my god, and we can pretty much we can just pretty much um, chalk that up as a win entirely, just retell the tale for them, you know? And then they'll be like, alright, so I didn't completely waste my money then. Uh, I will, we will finish this script together and I will submit it to someone at DC. I swear to fucking God. Fantastic. Well, here we actually, uh, you know, Flash is able to team up with other Flash, Jay Garrick, and they're able to settle down Steve Rogers' plane. Absolutely. Uh, Steve Trevor's plane. Yeah, sorry. Same fucking okay. character. It's all right. I'd want to think of somebody a little better, too. So, yeah, um, his plane's going down, right? He got shot down by Nazi pilots from uh, helping out the Justice Society from nearly being, like, bullet hole, like, mastered and shit. So uh, that coming down there, you'll notice, like, there's a lot of Nazi stamps on there. I gather that's for the amount of planes that he took down during the World War II period, which is a, a pretty realistic sign that they included there. There was a lot of really weird shit that, like, people did as, like, ritualistic actions back then. It's crazy stuff. Well, they are able to regroup back at the JSA headquarters, which looks like it's just a little warehouse at this point. But they did have the table, which was a nice touch. Absolutely. Uh, they couldn't. Ha I'm pretty sure they couldn't head back there like right away because they all saw Trevor's plane go down. They had to chase him down. So the only means to being able to solve this safely and keep keep everything under wraps is to split up in a manner of speaking. Uh, the primary four um, metahuman powers that are with them there are 
five, excuse me, uh, are all there taking care of what's remaining of that, um, like, Nazi miniaturized army of that platoon that's coming along uh, just to do a double tap over the land, so to speak. And um, Barry is going to be the one taking uh, Trevor back uh, to their hideout. Trevor knows where it is, of course, so we can show him. But Barry's speed can at the very least keep him safe from enemy gunfire and shit. But they need to keep that newer Flash under wraps and, uh, you know, or where he can't do too much harm if any is needed anyway. I mean, it's only Steve Trevor, right? Very and then we got our first piece of confusion because uh, in the comics continuity, Barry Allen takes the name of the Flash uh, either because of the comic book character that he grew up reading or because of the hero that came before him. He has no fucking clue who Jay Garrick is here. For all we know, it could be because of the guy who opened up his trench coat at him when he was leaving school one day. Yeah, so this is our first clue that this is not the past. No, it's not. Why is Barry so fucking marveled at superheroes teaming up? Oh my god, I've never seen this amount of superheroes team up before. Really, Barry? You never see your friends team up, fight intergalactic enemies, fight each other, then fucking die? Be turned into apocalypse and slave bots? you never seen that before, Barry? Not once? Yeah, especially since later on they'll insinuate that this is the same Barry that came from the Flashpoint Paradox universe. Exactly multitude of occasions. This is just absolutely wacky shit. So, Gay, is this a new rewritten, is this a rewritten universe? Or is this a completely new universe? And how fucking cooked is Barry? I'd say he's more cooked than I am at this point. Absolutely fantastic. Oh, man. So, uh, they managed to take out all the Nazi opposition and uh, very, uh, very pleasant to watch fashion, you know. The, the action scenes were pretty appealing. So give it to them on that front. Um, and uh, everything was all good to go, and they could all oh, meet at their yeah. little rendezvous point. So this entire feature. What's that? The animation is absolutely beautiful throughout this entire... The action oh. set pieces, like, it is, uh, like, visually a gorgeous film. Hands down for certain. They did a really good job with the illustrations of it. The illustrations are not my gripe with this film. It's the goddamn script. <laughs> a lot of it, yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh, continue on for us, sir. Uh, they go and regroup at this point, yes? Oh, yeah. Steve is safe and Diane is grateful, though um, they need to regroup with everybody at the extraction point at that point, you know, being pulled out and brought back. Uh, in which case, uh, oh, jeez, I just lost it there. I was reading right off of it. Well, let's see here. Oh. Wow, for some reason the book was turned over. That's lovely. Apparently, I love to just completely forget the notes I was just looking at. Oh, man. It's just absolutely awesome. So they're all meeting and everything, and they got to set their priorities as to what's got to be going down there. They got um, some interesting information, uh, like a, a code to decipher. So um, they need to go and, I guess, rescue the guy that's uh, responsible for holding this cold. Uh, this uh, code, pardon me. Yeah, they have so, to go find Chris Jericho, the code breaker. <laughs> and there is no way these guys will break the walls down. It is a fucking fortress. In which case, stealth isn't easily operated. Of course, Hawkman, whose only good power is to die. 
um, does not see the appeal in not being so stealthy when you're covered in like 10 foot long wings. So at that point, uh, they all need to do the direct route, as it were, or at least a direct route for multiple routes, in which case Wonder Woman and the Flash took the front door of the place, um, just kicked it right in there. And this was just flashbacks of Captain America, the first Avenger, pretty much. Um, just those kind of like uh, hallway, like Hydra hallway fights. Um, their fortresses were really badass as well. Complete with spooky castle. That's complete with spooky. All their fortresses are spooky castles. That is true. I even wrote down nice spooky castle. Absolutely fantastic. Well, this is when we also get a scene that they did release as part of the previews for this in uh, the buildup. The scene between Jay Garrick and Our Man, where they are pinned down by a group of Nazis. That was a that was a really that was a really tight scene actually because um, Jay picking up. To, the stylings from uh, Barry, like, uh, just was another inch towards his character being able to be trusted and uh, furthermore his usefulness to the Justice Society in this film, which was a nice inclusion for such a main character that doesn't need any more focus. Which also, you know, this trailer that showed the scene made me believe this was a goddamn Justice Society movie. It really made me believe that too. And maybe like the, the Tale of Two Flashes thing was just a nice little addition, like a, a mid credit scene or something. <laughs> oh man hmm. but this is when we get the uh, the romantic tension scene between Black Canary and Hawkman where oh he mentions that he's still looking for her and uh, brings up that uh, are you still seeing that Detective Larry you're in a private and dark room. Don't fucking penetrate each other with passive-aggressive bullshit. Fucking slam her a dicking and give him a fucking ride and call it a day. Jesus Christ, there's so much fucking tension in there. Fuck cutting through it with a knife. will fucking cook with it like it's charcuterie or some shit. You think he was chosen because they're both bird gimmicks? I think they were chosen because they were both bird gimmicks. And somebody at DC is like, you know what's really cool? A fucking pigeon. <sighs> It's just madness, absolute madness. But whatever, they plan on going through their whole relationship spat. But uh, upon searching and everything, they managed to come across this large metal door there, in which case a normal Hawkman and a normal Black Canary would have no trouble opening up themselves, you'd figure. Especially with an nth metal mace. Oh, yeah. So uh, post the whole skirmish they had in that one um, hall or room or whatever you call it there, our man and the Flash managed to catch up with them. And, you know, they're trying to trying to break through it. It's just not working there. But um, one person who actually went somewhere in this whole skedaddle was uh, Shakespeare, it would seem. He was uh, also off searching about for um, any clues or any company that may be, you know, useful to whatever they're trying to do whoever they're trying to get, you know, doing the code thing. In which case, uh, he happens to stumble upon a young boy, and this kid's like, oh, you know, you knew you'd come, and uh, he has this for you shit, and I guess he's just the jail jail cell uh, fucking FedEx guy. Yeah, and you can clearly see in the rip in the package the Superman S. I mean, it all comes down to once again, you know, if um, somebody who isn't inclined to the comic universe is, you know, can answer it, then there's no need to ask. 
So uh, right in there, he said it would. Uh, he said it would come to pass. Uh, so he, I don't know why he doesn't recognize it, or if he does recognize it, or anything. The look was rather confusing uh, at the time of first watching it. Well, this is also when Flash and Wonder Woman are able to find their way to the Codebreaker. And he was a he was a rambly fellow. He kept going on about some shit, but he was a he was a tortured man for sure. And this wasn't just oh, mentioned in this when he saw Barry Allen was nope, don't mention the league. Like, oh my god, could you like you mentioned there's got to be a reason why he said don't mention the league, and now he mentions that. Now he's going to get all of his flooded memories from the past universe back, and he's going to have a meltdown. Yeah, because right away we can figure out by uh, the artifact on the on the table beside him, the helm of Naboo, that this was easily Kent Nelson. Absolutely, and he was a wreck. Like his ass was kicked. Which, you know, Kent Nelson, JSA, Dr. Fate, original member, I'll give them that. They did give us a fifth original member of the JSA in this film. That's who the Codebreaker should have been, you know? They were like, you know, we had another member, but nobody knows what the hell happened to the guy. So he's presumed dead, and all of a sudden they find him as the Codebreaker in a Nazi camp. How fucking cool would that be? Or if perhaps as they're about to find him, they're visited by a ghost, maybe a specter. Oh my god, could you imagine? Trevor, don't take the Amazon! You keep your dick in your own swamp donkey! Oh god! Don't deep, double, deep, deep dish dick the swamp of the Amazonian princess. How dare you? How dare you? How dare you? I mean, I have multiple questions, but first of all, how dare you? Stupendous. <laughs> that would never get pulled. Points. Oh, shout out to fucking Mindy Kaling in the office. It's just absolutely fantastic. <laughs> well, they do, uh, you know, they slip him, uh, Dr. Fate, Kent Nelson, the slip of paper that's got the funky code Medina on it. <laughs> Yeah. And he's able to get his light show on. Oh, definitely. He went full uh, Andy Samberg for a second, and it was absolutely hilarious. Like, uh, the the Great Day music video he did, where at the end, um, I think it was uh, Hater. Uh, one of them, I think. Um, oh, my goodness. He said something like, oh, yeah, he's on drugs. And then uh, he did, like, the long spit shot there. That kind of what the drool reminded me of, because he just jetted his head forward, <laughs> just, like, slobbed. Hilarious. Okay. Okay. So we we started getting my Justice League Dark versus Ghostbusters going. We're bringing up Brooklyn Nine Nine characters. I have to bring up this idea I can't get out of my head. Jason Mantukas as Hercules for Marvel. He's been saying this for like three weeks. Okay. Which means they're gonna cast Hercules. Hercules, okay. of course, is an Avengers member. I have to... Jason Mantzoukas, for some reason, clicks for that role for me. And he has to do it as um, Adrian Pimento. 
Oh, it, like any way he wants to play the character. Yeah, like, uh, I think it was when Rex Flode yelled out, you're literally ruining my fucking childhood <laughs> on, in, on Incredible last week. <laughs> Rex Flode has been nothing short of an absolute treasure throughout the entire animation of Invincible. Between that and listening to episodes of How Did This Get Made and rewatching, like, there's something about him and the way Marvel has always written Hercules that I think would go hand in hand. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, if any of y'all are a fan of Secret Invasion, slightly before that was like the pinnacle of fucking Hercules books. It was probably the most precious thing Marvel ever had written and uh, you would definitely have to check it out because it's fucking phenomenal probably one of the best that I've like read in regards to like a, a more obscure character that's been utilized in uh, mainstream comics on a continuous base like no disrespect to the guy that did the voice but if I could go back and recast the voice of superhero squad Hercules would have been Mansukas. he should have been Mansukas. <laughs> Every time you see Hercules from now on, sir, good luck trying to get his voice out of your head. Oh my god. Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. He plays um, like a, a, one of the brothers of a pair of acrobatic crabs, and he's just so childishly delightful. You, you'll become obsessed with it. Like, it's one of those weird, obscure new things that gets you hooked into the show. It's like, so legit, legit, he might be one of my favorite comedic actors working today. I'm telling you, Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja you gotta check that shit out. It's a wild difference. It's a wild difference, and Jason is just fantastic on it. It's on Netflix? Hey. So we got a little bit of a bit of a connection issue the last time around, but after a brief sound effect, we're back at it. Uh, you hearing me fine? I'm, I think I can hear you okay. Perfect. Well, damn you, Barry Allen. You screwed with the timeline yet again. This podcast was supposed to drop on Saturday, but because of your meddling with time, uh, we are now dropping a Monday edition, which means right after the review, we got a couple of pieces of news. Well, where the fuck go, Barry? Like, Jesus Christ. Booster's even just like, no, I'm just going to fuck it all up at once for them, so when they get to it, it's done and over with, they can continue your shit. But you, you just keep Waltons for timelines and universes, and you fucking you, you act like you didn't even do anything. You son of a bitch. Well, we left off. Uh, Dr. Fate was having his light show, and I was going on a rant about how I want Jason Mansukas to play Hercules in the MCU. That is for true. That is for true. Now, when the light show initially started, we got back to a time where um, there was a Nazi guards that got the drop on Shakespeare and tried to load him up with bullets. But unfortunately, that didn't go too well for him. Uh, just kind of having a brief reveal there uh, with uh, the little boy in the cell, who more than likely is Kamandi, uh, you know, the boy of all time's na- uh, namesake. In which case, he hands him a package that was uh, destined to be specifically uh, for his eyes only, in which case, wind up being the super suit. Um, Barry and Diana kind of just waltzed in like, dude, caught you with your pants down or your pecker out or whatever the expression would be for Kryptonians. Um, in yeah, which she, case, she walks into the cell like, where's my super suit? <laughs> your what? My super suit. Why do you need that? Damn, I oh. love it. 
<laughs> it may as well have been. I mean, Iris got altered. I mean, it it may as well be that somebody's replaced by Sam Jackson's Frozo. It'll be all right. So, um, one... Even the most blind of the blind can be like, oh, okay, so Flash doesn't know this history and Superman's here. This is definitely another Earth. All it is is just a flashpoint in fucking the Golden Age. Yeah. Only Professor Zoom just sits back and is like, this is great. They fucked themselves up. I don't have to do anything. Well, aren't you gonna... No, no, man. These guys these guys commit suicide all on their own. Let's just... Let's see where it goes. Well, they handed the, hand that- the uh, rolled-up scroll to the Codebreaker, as we know him, Dr. Fate, Kent Nelson. Yeah, Hawkman uh, was uh, the most surprised being is how he had affiliated with him in another lifetime, in which would insinuate a different team of, quote, JSA members, unquote, which would have been a nice base to touch up on there, because... Uh, those two together on a team, even like a quick flashback thing, just of uh, Hawkman's uh, various attire change and how they work together. But even you still... Know, into my original plot for this film of them going to Egypt to stop Hitler from getting the Spear of Destiny. Better yet, why couldn't we have Wildcat on the main team and then Hawkman's the dude in the fucking chair? Yeah. easy to do even commandi like the kid in the chair like really make out the nazis to be real monsters kind of shit hell That's... the kid in the cell and the guy in the chair could have been uh, starman and stripes again with the super seven thing you know it would have touched base a lot more nicely but uh you know barry and diana they they join the fray there uh, shakespeare's not with them it's made clear that he's a gone his own way at this point you know all he's done is just try and tell the story and not be mixed up in all the action i'm guessing because of the uh, altered past that had killed jonathan and martha kent when he was so young forcing him into an orphanage and then giving him a, a whole new sense of the world and not being able to trust the environment around him as much as he normally would as like a, a regular superman I, I think it was just because he was named shakespeare who the hell named shakespeare just because he had a mustache. Henry Cavill had a mustache. He's pretty much Krypton's Ron Swanson, so... Have you seen that Omni-Man art yet? Oh my god. I love Omni-Man so much right now. I hate him, but I love him. uh, You know, infamous uh, poster artist Boss Logic put out a poster today of Nick Offerman as Omni-Man. Oh my god, could you imagine they just do like for deleted scenes of voiceover Nick Offerman doing uh, fucking Omni-Man, or better yet what if they cast him to be like one of the older Viltrumites in the, in the other seasons? I'm okay with this. I would be fucking ecstatic about it. I mean, at this point, you know, you'd think that why wouldn't they just have Nick Offerman do Omni-Man and then J.K. Simmons come in otherwise I don't really care which way they do it because I got my fill of J.K. Simmons throughout this series and it was less. Man was a menace. Yeah, and between Jason Mansukas and Kerry Payton. Right? Man, that's the perfect feature, you know? Well, Dr. Fate does tell our heroes, yo, you have to go to these coordinates, and they're all like, but that's the Bermuda Triangle. It exists. 
what the hell? No, the Bermuda Triangle doesn't exist. It's an urban legend like alligators in the sewers, Bloody Mary, and women's rights. You know, the usual 1940s spiel. But it's also in this rant that Dr. Fate sees um, Future Boy Flash and says, don't tell him about the League. Oh, yeah, no, like, he doesn't want him to know. Apparently, he has this divination that lets him see throughout the multiverse, and he saw the uh, DCAU that came before him, and he's like, no, uh, no, I want none of this. If we just keep them... I don't want to be a stripper. If we keep them as far away from each other as possible... Uh, and these people won't die and be turned into cyber into like a cybernetically enhanced slaves. And I won't see, I won't live to see my future incarnation become a fucking old answer. That's fucking, uh, I'd do the same. I'd do the same thing if I saw that universe, like Jesus Christ. Well, they messed up, They gave it a good once over. You know, they're all like, you know, now we got to get to the Bermuda Triangle cut to a sub. Which they use in the 1940s. So remember, if you get mad at my crack of a wound, right, just remember, they thought about that shit like that in fucking the 1940s. So that is making a historical thing. No silly business about, you know, feelings and morals and all that shit. Alrighty. But yeah, they're they're in a sub, and they're going 20,000 fucks under the ducks, and the gang is uh, tailing Nazi naval ships. Um, they're doing a really swell job of being so stealthy, like being so immersed into the water as opposed uh, as opposed to so close to the ship and being able to be spotted, that's pretty boss stuff. Yeah, all it, it goes well until it doesn't. When the enemy ships just randomly start dropping depth charges, I think that's a pretty cool idea there because what you get through a, a certain volume of the fucking water there, it just fucking crunches and blows up. I mean. It's a great way to annihilate submarines, and if you know exactly how they operate, which is just you know the sheer fact that they're underwater vessels, just well, you blow them up underwater, then you're going to cut loose all the water pressure towards the people inside of it, and they're just going to get fucking crushed down there. So all's well that ends well. It was a fucking smart tactic, but um, it was a smart plan. But then a equally smart slash silly plan is Diana being all like, you know what, fire me out of a torpedo tube. <laughs> If she would have stopped Trevor and said, look, I saw the I saw the Acme presentations on the television. I think I'll be good. Then I would have been totally fine with whatever she did as Wonder Woman for the rest of the movie. Just like, you know what? If a fucking Acme duck can survive being blown out of a cannon, I can survive being blown out of a cannon. Yeah, it's not the fact that she was blown out of the cannon that made me laugh. I put this down in my notes specifically. When she gets in the tube, she jumps in feet first, but then she's fired out head first. <laughs> Holy shit. She got like folded in half and then propelled out of that fucking thing. Yeah. <laughs> Unless she went in there like fucking Sonic the Hedgehog when he crouches and shit, and then she was just spinning really fast, and then when uh, they fired the thing, she just, you know, shot out straight. All that built up kinetic energy. Well, I think she would have went way faster, though. <laughs> So yeah, that was my only issue with that, uh, because she was soon backed up by Atlantean snipers. Yeah, taking out uh, all the death charges that Diana actually had fairly well on her own. But it was a great way to start including uh, the Atlantean people into uh, the main story of the World War II arc. 
I mean, Aquaman nowadays is really fun. Maybe he won't be beardless and with big yellow rubber maid gloves. Well, we cut to Aquaman and the man who we are officially referring to as just general bad guy. Yeah, because he has no name. He's never oh. given a name. He's listed as advisor in the credits. He, he looks is. like he looks supposed to be. He is. I've... I even spoke with Jay about the likely suspects who could easily be in this person scenario and be um, open with the, the variety of various DC characters outside of Big Trinity. So uh, utilizing the likes of um, Orm the Ocean Master, Volko, uh, you can use the likes of the Psycho Pirate. And there's quite a few of them. Uh, even if you masked it up as an alternate world version of Maxwell Lord for some dumb fucking reason, I would just I would still appreciate the fact that you went in namesake. It's the fact that they don't give him a name. Yeah. I mean, advisor. This guy was the reason Aquaman and his imprisoned forces uh, like were a huge part of this entire this entire movie's like ability to be seen as a superhero movie. It's outrageous. Truly, truly outrageous. Not once did I hear that. I was so upset. Oh, man. Not once did I, did I hear outrageous. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like uh, The Aquaman was still pretty badass in a sense in this movie, but uh, come on. The outrageous thing is uh, monumental to Aquaman's existence now. Not only do we not get and outrageous. Instead, we get Aquaman saying, Hail Hitler. Oh my god, yeah. Because they come across being introduced all polite and everything like that. They ended up getting brought down to meet uh, King Arthur just in the middle of this outpost and shit, and he's all like, ah, oh, dudes, welcome to my fucking kingdom of 70% of the fucking world. What are you doing to my kingdom? And uh, he's all like, I'll do, I'll I'll do you a favor, I'll do you a solid, I'll give you a hand in your fight and everything, you know, that'll even end, like, uh, you know, any prospect of uh, the Nazis using underwater warfare, that could even pollute the waters even further than they already do. So he's taking them along, he has somewhere to show them, right? Somewhere that has something that could be used to their advantage. Their advantage being Aquaman and fucking General Bad Guy here, because they're fucking Nazis. It's like they said they were doing the Heil Hitler thing. You ever see Aquaman Heil Hitler? That shit's weird. I mean, like, makes you squeeze your butt and shake a glass of milk, but also just kind of do like a John T. Walt snap dance for a few seconds, but all in the matter of state of confusion. And this is what I wrote down. Like, we've talked about this via text message. I've made allusions to it throughout the episode. They've already set up Egypt, the Spear of Destiny, Hawkman, Dr. Fate in their past, all that. Why didn't they use Black Adam in the Aquaman role? Someone that has a history of both teaming up and turning on the JSA. Someone who has a movie coming out featuring the JSA that you'd really want to promote. Oh, you're just silly now. Swear to God, man. I, I was just discussing this with Gary and one of the customers that passed through to uh, Boone picking up the titles and everything like that. And we were all talking about just how silly the new management is going on over at DC where they're like, it'll be great. A 10-issue arc. You know, instead of just like, okay, these main characters are getting like a, a new rebirth arc. We're going to keep pressing them for a couple years and then, you know, variously pick up and drop newer titles that last 30 issues. 
these guys, no, let's make like two to ten issue runs of various fucking comic characters. Let's have an entire arc that, you know, starts strong, like, solely for one character. And we hardly see any build of said, like, sane industry shit that's yet to happen. Like the upcoming Shazam miniseries. Come on. You got that shit, too? You gotta, you gotta get up on this. You gotta be relative. Well, the, our heroes are imprisoned in a giant water bubble that they're not able to get through. Oh yeah, he pulled a fast one on them. Like uh, I guess they, I guess they don't believe in you know these kind of uh, jokes way back when. So this is just the oldest trick in the book. Look, it's over there. You can't see it now, but the closer you get to it, the easier it'll become to see. And they all walk in the center of the room, like ah. Ellen in my bubble. Marvelous. I mean, it's a great shield, don't get me wrong, though, because Atlantean technology is pretty much just underwater Wakandan technology. And from here, we actually get, I think it was Shauna's favorite line in the film, as Jay Garrick is talking to Barry Allen about, you know, how he can move past molecules. And he says the line to him, just vibrate and you'll feel it when they're close. Uh, <laughs> come on! You had a you have a fresh new universe, and you're gonna start this again. <laughs> DC Comics, why? Uh, yeah, she started laughing so hard I had to like pause for a second. Oh my god, it's a, it's absolutely true. It's it's only the beginning. We're going to get bombarded by these throughout the universe. Same as the previous animated universe. Oh, my Lord. So, uh, yeah, they're they're conversing about uh, their various uh, changes in molecular activity. And Barry's acting as though he never knew about any of this shit. Like, he never knew about the Speed Force before. After running through, what was it, two, three different universes just to try and get Paradise right, he winds up brewing it up harder than the last time he did. Yeah, Barry's broken. Barry is very broken. I mean, poor guy. I mean, if Aquaman's fucking tide pun from earlier on, if that shit doesn't get you, then fucking, I don't know. I don't know what does, especially compared to like more flash silliness. Vibrating, finishing old men and vibrating. Scary. Well, after uh, Barry gets, you know, his father figure, <laughs> I don't know what you know, after he helps him out with the vibrating until he was close. <laughs> all he's doing is shaking his son. Son, all he's doing is just shaking his son really fast. <laughs> yeah, and there's Barry all over the floor, through the floor, and. Oh Lord! It came. It was on the ceiling. It was, and he just dripped onto the table. Oh my God! <laughs> and what's even worse was that it was at the Atlantean Control Center table. There, he just fucking appeared out of nowhere. They're like, "Oh, dude, you just dribbled all over our table." So they're like, "Let's shoot him." So fish people, so fish stick people, want to shoot the Flash because the Flash shook himself so hard. He ended up dripping through the floor, through the ceiling, onto the table in the next room. 
Well, it's better than on my neck, my back, my pussy, and my crack. Well, normally Big a lot older, so it'd be my neck, my back, my left knee, and my back. Because they're old. So he manages to take out, take down the goons that are in there. Of course, they clearly know that all of them are under arrest. They know what their bosses are about, or at least one of their bosses, so they think. Uh, once Barry takes care of them, he winds up coming up for the rest of the society. You know, they were rather pleased to see that Jay's little vibrational trick at work. Uh, so they're out, and uh, they need to fucking... Hold on, guys. To... We, we have a small percentage of uh, listeners that are ladies, so I just want to say... Jay's vibrational trick always works. You'll <laughs> be dripping in a flash. I mean, just check my Twitter account from this weekend if you want proof. <laughs> Nailed it. You know what? You've earned your ice cream cone. <laughs> That's fucking gold. So uh, yeah, they gotta they gotta split up their shit. Uh, half of them's gonna be going towards uh, the United States with an Atlantean armada that's going to just run the planet over from the opposite side of where the Nazis originally started. They're just all, all gonna meet in the middle. Um, and uh, that's another set which happened to be uh, Barry Allen, you know, uh, like warmly welcomed uh, into the arms of his uh, companions at this point in time, uh, especially with the Diana to go and fetch Arthur and the advisor because there was word that they were making for something uh, known as the Trench and which for all of you Aquaman fans the Trench of course being uh, just the dwellings of some of the most uh, violent and dark darkness ridden fucking creatures ever to be spawned in the DC universe yeah I did pop for that reference and when I saw the golden doors I immediately thought the Kraken yeah and in my opinion, the door shouldn't have been able to open because where was Liam Neeson during all of this? He was not there. He was not there. If Liam Neeson was there, he could say release the crack and the doors would open up. But because Liam yeah. Neeson was not there, couldn't work. Dude, Liam Neeson is everywhere that because of his penis. That man's penis was uh, everybody in the whole cast. So he can just hold his balls and hum his sentence to himself, and the reverberations will long rot along along his dong. And then by the yeah. time they reach you, the reverberated frequency will be enunciated as the sentence he was emanating. Dude, Liam Neeson can start to have an orgasm in 2021, and he'll come in 1938. Wow. Went, went all the way through the end of the book and back. That's fucking... That's bold. Oh, no, he finished the book and restarted it. <laughs> Outstanding. Well, well played yeah, this time. These yeah. golden gates of Kraken that they has fight. Oh, yeah, it's not just the fucking, it's not just a fucking Kraken that comes out. Um, there is more later on in the film, but yeah, the fucking big-ass Krakens uh, are making their way out and shit of the fucking uh, gates, but Aquaman... Wonder Woman, The Flash, uh, even little tidbits from the advisor. They're all having uh, nifty little encounters there, especially with the quick mind control on Diana. Um, and then sending her after Aquaman, the guy he's supposed to be following, which is a bold move there because it'll just further the influence of the, of the side that they're fighting for is the right one 
you know, Nazis, but not really being the right side. But it's very convincing either way. Um, in which case, uh, it goes on fairly interestingly. They bash each other into some of the rubble, and just at the rate they do it at is monumental, uh, especially Barry's fucking human swimming missile attack thing that he did. I thought that was really just kind of intuitional. Yeah, it's going to make things really interesting for Barry when he gets back home and meets his world to Aquaman. I swear to God, if this one doesn't have a fucking beard. You were a Nazi. I love go back Well, the fucking Aquaman of that universe better be fucking Mason Samosa. Or Yellow Rages. Yellow Rages. I'm gonna call I'm gonna call it his name. Jason Barbosa. Well, Leonardo da Vinci aside. Yeah. We're we're going there. Okay. Jason Momoa's name is fun. Well, so, there's also a flying stingray. There is. There's a couple of really fucking badass ones, and I swear to God, if you did not fucking yell out "damn you, Sharktopus!" once during <sighs> this movie, I swear to God, there was a fucking Sharktopus. There was a Shark Manta. There was a Sharkzilla. There was fucking um, Shark Sulu. Fucking madness out there. Everything was a shark, except for crab people. No, Crab People was like a league of its own. That shit was funny as hell. I really enjoyed yeah, it. Seeing- out that the one thing Aquaman wanted to unleash was a bunch of extra kaiju they had left over from Warner Brothers King Kong films. I don't give a shit if it's the crab Rock Lobster. That's his name, Rock Lobster. They came from the beach. Everybody ran without their towels. But they didn't get eaten by sharks. It was a rock lobster. Like everybody in New York is just getting absolutely throttled by seafood. Unfortunately, the Justice Society didn't make it there like before them, but they still made it there in a timely manner to start like at least acting against them fairly well. Uh, at one point, just from where they were operating from, uh, the big one that Aquaman and the advisor were on, it looked like a fucking like background stage to a video game boss kind of thing. There's all the squid arms, just the weird megalodon dinosaur mutant looking thing. It was so fucking cool. Just uh, a lot just of the... hitting jump and kick. Jump and kick. Uh, that's all it really took that like back then. So it should it should have worked, but you know, bigger monsters than usual. Oh my lord. Uh, it gets pretty dang hefty out there. Like there is all manner of fucking uh encountering uh from the likes of uh our man uh fighting off like the Atlantean soldiers uh, and Jay Garrick uh, like just giving a, a happy runaround of everybody. Like he seems so fucking proud of himself during all this. But it was it's been an absolute like thrill ride of uh, action taking course and shit. Um, but then, blam! Like I said, Hawkman gets killed. I can't remember what fucking took him down there. Uh, I'm gonna say Squid. The Squid thing yeah. took him down. 
Maybe it was Giant Stingray. He went out like a flying Steve Irwin. Oh, it was the fucking, it was the Manta Shark. The Shark Manta that got him. Yeah. So uh, they went uh, they went down. Uh, Carter whirled him over so that he would take the brunt of the fall, and it fucking it fucking killed him. And it was so weird, you know, seeing the kind of um, weird romance-ish kind of relationship they have between them. He still called out the Shire as he was passing on. Uh, another touchdown about uh, Hawkman's history and the likes of a uh, reincarnation and shit, which is pretty cool. But uh, then give poor Dinah two reasons to be heartbroken at once. Absolutely. It gave us the absolute best of the Black Canary throughout the, the whole movie coming out through this thing. I mean, like, the end result at the very least, just because of uh, how much emanation came out from it. And she's a real MVP, too, for still, like, fucking kicking the shit out of the tentacles. Like, oh, fuck, I want to look, I want to kick this thing in the face, but I have to fight all of its fucking arms and then travel the next, like, fucking, I don't know. Two, three hundred feet to get toward it. And killing tentacles is the only thing she should be doing with them, internet. Uh, so friggin' uh, aside from that, uh, there's a oh wow, yeah, Arrow, Our Man's, Jay's, fucking Shire and Hawkman's bit there. Um, and this is where we look at Jay Garrick versus the crab people. <laughs> Oh my God, that's right! Because uh, he ran about and uh, he used uh, his situation, like uh, his environmental awareness, uh, just to start snatching grenades and fucking saving them all up, just to be able to throw them into his mouth. He used his speed in all manner of, uh, you know, just modernized speedster uh, techniques that are used. I thought that was really cool. It really shows that Jay's another one of those like power thinkers when it comes to being a speedster. You know, crab people, crab people, half crab eat people. <laughs> Those guys are pretty funny. And it's with that that we're going to take uh, our last commercial break. And then we will be right back with the conclusion of Justice Society World War II, uh, colon, the flashpoint war between Aquaman and Wonder Woman. All right, we'll really be back. All right. Welcome back, sir. Absolutely. I never, I never even left. Where did you go? Why did you leave me there? Because I had to go do a bong hit. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. Okay, that's fair. So, yeah. aside, uh, aside from uh, all these characters, uh, Cry Havoc, the birds of uh, fatalities, uh, Garrick and his silly <laughs> crap business. Um, this is the sound when doves cry. Yeah. Uh, Barry and Diana uh, sneaking under the big boy and uh, Diana gunning for Aquaman and speaking of which we get a much better fucking confrontation between Wonder Woman versus Aquaman than the fucking Flashpoint one that they had. I believed this one more because uh, they they were so much more, they were their hard hitting was so much more than it was previously. Like sure a lot of what they did was brutal but in this it like combat wise it was just fucking punishment for both of them. It was yeah, fucking... and before actually kicked off, we have our man being saved by Steve Trevor. Oh, I thought that was pretty dope too. Like uh our man gave the whole truth, justice in American way kind of attitude and which was pretty admirable for him. And uh, he still lunged toward his enemy, you know, not giving him any sign that his power had worn out or he's uh, still vulnerable to bullets regardless. So 
yeah, he got uh, taken down a notch. And just before everything went to black for him, yeah, Steve Trevor came along, saved the day for the guy. I totally uh, looked over that part. It's my bad. Uh, no, yeah. The Wonder Woman Aquaman fight that I wrote down a question that I feel is most prevalent for this podcast. What What's happened that? this about the JSA versus Nazis? The Nazis just yeah. Disappeared. Uh, yeah I, this completely turned into a a Justice League versus Atlantis thing, but like in the long run, as you see the like inside detail of it. Uh, it's technically the Nazis still having a hand with it because of the deals I guess they made with the the Atlantean Empire, in which yeah, but like, the, the I, focus has now shifted on. This is a Wonder Woman, Steve Trevor story versus the main bad guy, Aquaman. For the boss fight thing, right? You think it would be one giant actual Nazi invasion instead of like Aquaman and monsters, right? The kind yeah. of in the kind of invasion size that Aquaman should have came and helped them, yeah? Yeah. I mean, like, if it doesn't... It, it just... It's madness. Like, why wouldn't they have just done that? I would have liked to see Aquaman... Don't fix it. I would love to see Aquaman come out of nowhere and just fucking order sharks to jump out of nowhere and then uh, fucking fight down on tanks or armadas or shit, and then they can fucking Megalodon flop their way back into the water. Or shit, hey, maybe members of Aquaman's kingdom could be around to actually assist the fish back in the water for it. And Aquaman will still make his, like, uh, powerful appearance on a squid or a back of a dolphin or whatever. Well, it's during this melee that Steve actually hits Arthur with his car. Yeah, he fucking just flat out whips a fucking police cruiser at the fucking guy. Like, Diane is uh, pretty well down for the count at this point uh, against uh, the King of the Sea. And Steve's timing on this, I mean, that was actually pretty fucking cool to, pretty fucking cool to watch coming out of Steve Trevor. I would have expected this to be like a, a fucking question or John Constantine move, but uh, I'm totally down for, you know, with who is behind the wheel on this one. And, you know, it's, it's after that that Wonder Woman is actually able to break the trident uh, of Aqua just breaks his trident and I wrote that next time he should try Juicy Food or Big Red if trident's not working for him. Oh, shit. Take that in your fancy sport, fish stick man. So it gets uh, knocked out of the way. It's all uh, said and done for, well, them I'd imagine, or at the very least, uh, that's what we think of it. Oh, yeah, well, things cool. didn't go great for uh, our heroes until General Bad Guy takes a piece of broken trident and shanks Steve. No, yeah, he fucking wrecks him with it. General Bad Guy with the kill shot. Absolutely. Like, Aquaman's just collecting himself and his people and just fucking dipping out of there. Like, yeah, all right. Sorry we, sorry we broke your city. We're just going to go home now. Like, they do not even stick around to help with the cleanup effort at this point. They fucking just dip. Yeah, they give it a my bad and take off. Wow. Really, really fucking regal. Oh, I thought I thought that was just fucking plain ass rude. He's like, well, the hypnotism's done. I guess I can, I guess I should just go, right? <laughs> Sorry and shit. 
Like, how fucking weird is that? No, oh my god, what have I done? Quick, soldiers, get to assisting these people. Like, sure, the Atlantean soldiers are going to be like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? But they're still going to do as they're told by their king anyway. There's absolutely no reason why the Atlanteans should have left after all the shit they caused. Which, you know, this just paints Aquaman off as the biggest fucking villain. It really does. And again, it's supposed to focus on the World War II aspect, not like, you know, some guy fell for something another dude told him, and that's the reason why half of New York is fucking destroyed. Okay, uh, new theory. Shakespeare is going to turn out to be Ultraman. Oh my god. Wouldn't that... I think that would have been adorable. The JSA here is setting up Earth 3. And the reason why, you know... Uh, Shakespeare is how he was, was because, you know, he's living out, I guess, fucking Ultraman's origins. Friggin', as he sees the world progress on and shit, as there's no league or anything like that, he rises up, uses his power, just fucking snaps on people. Humanity can't be trusted to watch itself. Oh my god. Why, DC? You just made yourself a universe that just shits all over itself. <laughs> you made Snyder cut. Oh my god, look what you kids Jesus Christ, that was Snyder. That's, we don't need another fucking Snyder Cut. I maybe enjoy it, but okay, but yeah, no. Snyder Cut, no. I'm just not in it. So, uh, well, when, uh, a bunch of planes, the Nazis return. Yeah, they think all said and done, you know, with them passing through, but, you know, we actually get, like, you know, the justice we seek in regards to where the fuck are the Nazis and all of this. They were coming to just, you know, pick up the slack of the tail end of things you know everybody's kicked down it's a lot like a wrestler cashing in money in the bank kind of thing and trying to take up the opportunity and they would uh, they would be right to believe it you know a lot of uh, a lot of their heavy hitters are just kind of uh, you know out of the game at the moment so with that being said uh, they were lucky enough to receive like just some spontaneous help and uh, Shakespeare decided to put on the suit and what impressed me about it was that he still didn't know how to fly he's just doing the whole jumping around kind of shit. I thought that was cool. Yeah, jumping through plane to plane. And just ripping them apart as he goes along, not jumping on it, like like jumping on a crucial part then jumping to the next one. He's stopping doing something. Like, it's just all the more intimidating to see him actually doing shit like that. That's badass. He was a really, really cool Superman, but I do actually wish he would have kept the mustache for that one. <laughs> It didn't. It didn't not suit him. So if he were to wear it with that Superman suit, I, I, I just would have been impressed. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even laugh at him once. Maybe a little. So they're all. They're all done. They're all gone down. And uh, the last thing anyone wants to remember is uh, the dude who was working with them the entire time they were banded together and. Everyone gets the foul news that Steve's been fucking shivved and he's on death's door. Uh, our man fucking found him. Go figure. Because uh, everyone else just kept on running by him. I guess uh, every like the Steve Rogers story of this fucking movie is just one to be told, like behind the scenes. Even though it was the heroes that were trying to be behind the scenes. Which again is not a Justice Society movie. Yeah, the thing that was advertised. Yeah, I don't know. I think Justice Society moved. 
Não, né? É, um... Well, so, Steve does die right there in Diana's hands. Yeah, they did a really sweet thing in regards to uh, touching base on the constant. Steve asking Diana to marry him, her saying no, and he's always going to try because all he wants to do is uh, spend the rest of his life with a, with a the Amazonian princess. Uh, he ended up getting his dying wish, but uh, it didn't go into full effect. Like the poor guy died out like halfway through putting the ring on. And that was really unfortunate. That was a, just kind of unfair. The least they could have done was to let him put the fucking ring on before he croaked. But uh, him during the kiss or something. Yeah. And I was just baffled about how they were able to just go, you know, all right, it's back to business as usual. Cause we got to send Barry home. Like Steve never fucking died. But uh wonder woman managed to, uh, you know, conjure the appreciation for all of the flashes done to help them throughout it. Sure, they've had uh, unwanted uh, activities and uh, events that have taken place, but what can you do during war, right? So with uh, that being done and over, shaking hands, she slips in uh, the ring that Steve was going to put on Diana's finger for it. Uh, she imparts some just fantastic wisdom about, uh, you know, the partnership and the love that she missed out on because of her foolishness. So Barry took that to heart and also took the ring with him back through uh, the uh, dimensional rift with uh, Jay Garrick, who apparently out of the blue just knows how to access this tunnel of fleet. Yeah, I, I wrote that down too. I'm like, just somehow Jay knows how to tap into the interdimensional portion of the speed force. Uh, see, I can understand that he can tap into his speed force, but if he's still learning new things about it, how is he able to just know how to run fast enough to, you know, break into another reality? <clears throat> I think Barry even found out just on a fucking fluke. I mean, when he just tripped and fell in there, it was just wild. He didn't actually trip and fall in there, but he just stumbled upon it i guess would be a weird way to put it i mean that was through the help of fate so if he needed the help of fate to find dr fate show up like what a crock of shit eh have him show up uh, okay you've learned what i've sent you here to teach uh for you to learn it's time to bring you home barry allen your fate is not here Absolutely. You know, um, without the assistance of Barry Allen, we wouldn't have been able to uh, convince fucking Clark Kent to be who he was really meant to be this whole time and yada, yada, yada. You know, the usual hero origins story thing where they're like, I have these abilities, but these abilities could be a curse. I don't want to be a superhero. Okay, I want to be a superhero. Well, from there, it uh, brings him back right to the moment he left, and that is reaching at Brainiac's kryptonite bullet. He's coming back from the other side there, and what was really cool was that they made sure to um, have the uh, other Barry Lake visibly disappear, as opposed to just, you know, that flash not existing in that moment to begin with. So by having that Barry come out through there and catching the bullet, as soon as he made contact with it, the other one, like, dipped away from reality, and he just chucked it back at Brainiac. Thing went right through his fucking skull and that just turned that fucking toaster off. That was fucking... That was just a wild interception. I thought that was uh, very well thought out. And through the power of superhero team-up, they are able to defeat Brainiac. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Superman didn't do shit. Barry Allen ruined fucking reality and threw, threw a bullet through a guy's skull by himself. Superman, he just hid behind a Toyota. And that's when Barry's like, hey, you know, uh, we should do this more often, team up and help each other out. Absolutely. Like, you would have expected that kind of thing to come out of Superman in all in all cases. But uh, hearing it from the Flash, you know, it puts uh, the whole eminence of hope that he once represented so powerfully before, uh, like, just overall into fruition, really. It puts a, a nice uh, a nice influence on uh, alternative uh, heroes that could follow this example and join their cause. But also says that in this reality, Barry Allen is the reason for the Justice League. That would be the case. I mean, I guess with his help, he's also technically a reason for the Justice, Justice Society actually being, you know, seen and I guess at this point credited for their actions to help the people of New York. In another reality. In another reality. Like, the team you tried so hard to keep secret is now a fucking bomb all over the world because this team of less than 10 people fended off the Atlantean army and the Nazis during World War II. While countries were taken over, this team of fucking ragtag heroes in America alone took all these people out. Why wouldn't you want the entire planet to know these people? And with that, we cut back to the picnic with Barry and Iris. No, yeah, she's uh, getting an earful of the tale of the Justice Society war we were never given. Um, all this in a manner of, I guess, a, a second or a fraction of a second, because it was literally no time at all for her to wait for Barry to get back, like, after everything was finished. For all we know, he could have ran off from Iris at that point, uh, created the DCAU, and once everything was over, after the Apocalypse War, ran back to Iris. <laughs> he said it was only 10 minutes. Because Barry... Had as they're talking about, you know, paradoxes and what can happen if you change time, Barry literally says the line, I've seen that movie. He's made mention to it twice. He's like, oh, yeah, in that movie. And Jay's like, paradoxes. Oh, my God. That was so fucking funny. Like, the last thing Flash needs to be doing is touching any part of the time stream anymore. Leave it alone, Barry. Don't do it. Don't fix what ain't broke. I mean, go ahead and visit the superhero girl, but don't fix what ain't broke. Maybe erase superhero girls. Maybe, like, an infinity billion times erase those series of superhero girls. Because we have two left still. <sighs> and it's with that that Barry Allen proposes. Yep using the same ring given to him while he was sent back into his own world. Um, he wanted a, her, he wanted Iris to know that he understands, you know, the risks, the good, the bad, and everything, and he just wants every day, every tomorrow to be with her. Lays down the ring smack down, and she's all fucking butter wet for this shit, so she's melted. And she immediately says yes, of course, and uh, thus is going to going to uh, improve on and uh, 
exaggerate more detail into the relationship of Barry and Iris' marriage. Now, if the diamond is from another planet, does that make it counterfeit? Oh, no. It's still a diamond. It's just going to have, um, like, uh, temporal particles that are going to be, like, haywire to the modern era. So this is, like, an old-ass diamond. So they could take it to, like, an appraiser, and they'll see it as a diamond from, like, that fucking year. And then they'll appraise it as such and shit. And, uh... Yeah, I don't think I. Don't, I think the last thing it would be is counterfeit. Oh my god! Unless he actually bought a counterfeit, bring that piece of shit. <laughs> oh my god! So Barry's an asshole, changing reality. Steve Trevor won't buy an actual ring. Hawkman dies. Aquaman's a Nazi. Aquaman's a fucking Nazi. <laughs> I never thought I'd have to say that. <laughs> Oh, fuck. And what was it? Like, six people defeated the Nazis and the Atlanteans. Oh. What the fuck is that about? Well, a ragtag bunch of people did defeat the denizens of Apocalypse, but those were all far, far superior, like, level the heroes in their own right compared to these ones. Well, speaking of far superior heroes, we're not given a goddamn post credit scene either, by the way. No, like, come on. Come on. Well, the least you could give us is a fucking, like, minute or two piece where it's, like, the cheater or somebody and they're stealing through a muse- uh, stealing stuff in a JSA museum. And uh, I guess the, the uh, incarnation, the the next incarnation of the Black Canary is uh, stumbling upon this fucking thief and uh, plans to stop him and shit. So it really plugs well into the World War II arc, uh, as well as uh, the modern-day representation of the Justice Society post the attack on New York. See, I was thinking more of, they realized after teaming up with uh, the other Flash, that they really could use a bolster in numbers and then have, like, Diana turn around and ask for the JSA roll call and that's when you could have got Spectre and Sandman and Wildcat and Green Lantern and Starman. So I guess with a team of, um, would you do like a, would you do a seven person team on this one? Or would you actually like go for like a full 10 to go around the table? Or just pick as many as you want and just say new members, introduce yourselves. Even like then, uh, we're going to. You don't even have to have them talk. Just show a shot with all the new JSA members. We're going to need to run like a, a few, you know, tests, a few demonstrations for this kind of like auditions and shit. And there'll be like just a, a small lineup of them there. Some of you may join, all of you may join, or none of you may join. You know, and the way you like flash on it is you have the Thunderbolt flash across screen. Ah. Uh. Come on now. That would be just fucking wild. I'd like that. That would be a good way to get Any kind of sequel you may want in the future as well. Oh, man. So, I would at least want to What's that? Speaking of things that are getting a spiritual sequel, uh, I got a couple of things in news. 
one good, one not so, as well as Legends of Tomorrow and Batwoman both came back tonight. Oh. Well, good for Legends of Tomorrow. Legends of Tomorrow, of course, is staying really fun, really lighthearted. Uh, it's still, still probably my favorite DC show because of how much fun they have on it. Okay. So I suggest checking that out. Uh, Batwoman, they reintroduced Kate Kane. <laughs> yeah, with a new actress. Uh, yeah. they're, playing, they're hiding her behind a mask right now, playing the whole uh, brain damage hypnosis angle. Okay. Uh, she believes she's Cersei Sionis, Roman's daughter. <laughs> okay. Wow, that's fucking weird. Um, why? Uh, in a bit heavier news, uh, just today on Sunday, uh, it was revealed that comic artist... John Paul Leon has passed away. Uh, he is the artist that was responsible for the Static series, and he also did like Batman Creature of the Night. He worked on X Men. You see, I didn't unfortunately see news about this recently. It must have happened like just recently. Today. Today. Not oh, even like something. Yeah. Well, I'm very sorry to hear about his passing. You know, it always sucks losing one of the greats, and. Uh, my condolences to his friends and family and uh, hopes that uh, they remember him fondly. Just as and, much as uh, his fans will as well. And to end things on a bit lighter news, uh, Michael Rosenbaum and Tom Welling are trying to develop an animated series continuation of Smallville. An animated series continuation. That's a very interesting prospect there. You know, you're uh, open up to a wide variety of things that uh, you've always liked just kind of pitched out there. And now that I can actually be utilized as a strong idea points to begin it. They can even use the, uh, the comics as a base reference. Yeah. Like uh, they're, they're doing that with a couple of the shows now at the very least. And I am strongly with that entirely. Cause uh, they're the from all the picked up right after. Yeah. They're, they're plucking from all the right places at this point when they do shit like that. Oh, man. Like, especially the Flash stuff with the fucking Force Wars. Amazing. And now we are all caught up in the world of news and reviews. So far, so good. It was uh, good at least being able to tackle the project. Uh, you know, a lot of the animated fight scenes in this feature were a lot of fun to watch. Uh, they held up the excitement that I initially got watching the trailer for it, but uh, again, a lot of uh, pieces of the story really were just um, spark points for me to ask questions of why you wouldn't have gone this route, um, It's especially if it's something well more well-universally known. But aside from that, uh, I can't complain that it's all bad, really. I mean, we got crab people, we got Sharktopus, we got uh, Nazi Arthur. I can't believe I'm actually forced to say the words, we have Nazi Aquaman. <laughs> yeah, people are going to be sitting there like, hey, I did this and this, and that's why I'm going for this job. Oh, well, I watched a movie where Aquaman was a fucking Nazi, so I'm pretty much a fucking wizard. Aqua Nazi? 
Not the man. My lord. Uh, oh, it's hard to think of one. I'm going to stick with Aqua Nazi. Yeah. Aqua Nazi. <laughs> I wonder if he collects sea schnells. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That was a rough one. It was. Welcome um, to my world. My lord. See, people, it's funny because we have a friend whose last name is Schnell. <laughs> yeah. And Schnell and, is also a German word. And it means quick and or fast. And it sounds like Schnell. So when yes, I... dear, <laughs> we don't need it explained. It's not funnier the more you explain it. It does get funnier the more I explain it. Pixelicadic? Was that? Is it Pixelicadic? It is a Pixelicadic. <laughs> oh, man. And with that, folks, our, you know, we're going to keep with the Atlantean theme because our nope. next film. Is superhero, we're doing superhero girls hot uh another superhero girls film. Oh, the Legends of Atlantis. Watching that other one like four times. It's now. the same one. We we put it off. Yeah, four. but you're gonna watch it four times. No. That's what I heard. No. Four times in a row. No. Yes, because you guys keep filing more books on my And we got more in the mail. Yeah, well guess what? Now you gotta watch it four times. I'm not watching that movie four times. <laughs> four times in a row. No. And mice. I'll watch mice four times in a row. <laughs> I mean, I tried doing it, but I tried doing it, but I had to tap out at three. I, I kept on looking in the mirror, and holy fuck, is that guy ugly? Jesus Christ! So, uh, among uh, among Jay and Shauna's effects, and uh, you know, you're more than welcome to guess what happens to be uh, tailing along with the comic. Is it happen to be? Uh, an illustration of Ric Flair holding a dildo saying dick slaps and yes I got another picture to put on my on my refrigerator oh yeah it's a fucking with my niece and my nephew oh now I remember what it said it's an illustration of Dick Flair uh, Ric Flair holding I was going to say Dick Flair holding a a fucking Ric Flair fucking Ric Flair holding a, a dildo saying it's time for fucking snaps and shit or is it fucking a load of stickers? Or is it both? Literally, our refrigerator is just a picture of Grayson, a picture of Harper, and a whole whack of your drawings. Yeah, the drawings that you sent. Oh, thanks. We collect them and put them on the fridge. So again, oh, feel free to, feel free to freely guess. Pokemon balls. Did I send them an illustration of Ric Flair saying dick slaps and bone snaps? Or did I send them a little stickers or did I send them both? You can let me know what you think I sent them via Twitter. Is it A, the illustration, B, the stickers, or C, is it both? I completely completely forget at this point. So if anybody stumbles upon it, please tell me. (laughs) Please tell me. Put it up as a Twitter poll, sir. I'll put it up as a Twitter poll. And you can see that Twitter poll on my Twitter, Mice1987. 
and uh, you can let them know where you guys are at. Well, you can see me retweet that Twitter poll, uh, as well as read my inappropriate 3 a.m. tweets about the dirty things we do, at J on Twitter. You can uh, find Shauna at Sick Space Hair. You can find her on Instagram, Sick Little One. Hashtag she's work. Not, never. And she's not even in the room to plug her shit right now, so. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. Back. And we will see you folks next week. Well, once again, we want to thank you for tuning in each and every episode like you do. We do this for ourselves, but we do this for all of you as well. Thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, the world's on an upside. Vaccines are getting out there. If you are eligible to get your vaccine already, please do. Uh, continue wearing those masks when you're out in large groups because not everyone uh, has had a chance to get theirs yet. Uh I'm looking forward to getting mine as quickly as possible. I'll be able to sign up for it in about two or three weeks, I think. If you're unsure about anything of it, um, you know, take it up with a medical professional. You can go to a pharmacy. You can go to a, a walk-in or a doctor's office and ask about it. And I'm sure they'll lend. I'm sure they'll lend you tons of information in regards to uh, just how everything works. And uh, that should put your mind at ease, get you back out in the world. And you know, we'll be able to ditch these masks soon enough, and we'll have our happy lives back. And until next time, folks, when we are tortured by superhero girls, as always, wash your hands, wash your ass, stay safe, stay socially distanced, and we will see you next week at the same pod time. You don't need to wash your balls on the same pod channel.